When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. North, bumper, clear. Clear by two, pretty really shallow entry. North, bumper, clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 8 Xfinity car, the 6 Cup car this weekend. Hot. Hot. Light load for you, Hot. only two races? This is not a light load this weekend. You should feel great today. No. Uh, it was Saturday, only 125 degrees out there. Saturday was a marathon day in the heat. Yeah, that was Saturday was a long day. Brett Griffin, Spotter, I think this weekend for Chandler Smith in the Cup Series, I think we're running a car at Talladega. I don't have my travel oh. itinerary yet, so I am banking on the fact that I'll be down there with you guys. <laughs> What's Hopefully up? with a cool front blowing through before uh, then. Uh, it, if it's 89, it'll be a cool front for us. Uh, What's up? Freddie Kraft, Spotter, Bubba Wallace, Chandler Smith this weekend, and I will – back up TJ's statement that that was miserable. a miserable hot weekend. What's up, Casey? Casey was there. Casey, Casey how was it there. down in the pits? It was almost, I felt like it was even hotter down there, it seemed like at times. It was probably the most emptiest pit road I have ever experienced during a race. It I, was brutal. And I have than, a whole new appreciation for worse the Worse than COVID? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have appreciation for, me, for what? The studio, because... Texas is way hotter than the studio, the, so don't ever complain about the studio ever again. The that's probably. Not. I heard any, you guys had fans on the roof this weekend. Why? Somebody thinks we have fans up there, but I don't. I've never seen any. I mean, I, there was a couple fans up there. I seen them walking around. Oh they yeah, were, like shaking hands with people. They might have been yeah, friends. Yeah, the other fans people. actually blow cool uh, air. Yeah, no, I've never. I've I heard a rumor that there's people that think there's fans up there, but I've never seen one <laughs> in my life. I don't. I mean, I've TJ. Maybe you could. Back, I've never seen a fan up there in my life. Credit to them. They. Brought us water, thank God. I did see a fan on the roof this weekend. Was it uh, some, uh, Drew Herring blowing on his no, iPad? It was actually, uh, <laughs> no, it was Kevin Hamlin brought one from his garage at his house that run off one of them DeWalt batteries or something, one of them little portable ones. Yep. Did he really? Could, uh, yeah. It, Damn it. Yeah. He's only yeah. like three or four people to my right. I wish I went down there. Yeah. Well. I uh, could, you can, uh, like, literally, I know we beat this to death on here, but, like, Tab Boyd had an umbrella that obviously you can't yeah. spot with an umbrella, right? You can't, like, the race is going on, you're not with binoculars or everything, you can't spot with an umbrella, but... The first stage break, he took his umbrella out and just put it over the like top of him, and I was next to him. Like it's a world of it's difference. It's amazing what shade it's does. A world of difference. Oh, it's ten degrees cooler under yeah. that thing. Yeah, uh, I, I literally was in the shower this morning thinking about you guys. Thank you. All righty, uh, all right. Next okay. time, anyways, uh, this is a, a hey, great. No, this is serious. <laughs> I was in the shower <laughs> thinking about you guys. Uh, yeah, was your and favorite song? I was song? like, you know, it was so hot there yesterday. Um, <laughs> there has to be. We we have to be the only people in professional sports that compete that aren't in a position to go cool off, go get in the shade, go grab some waters. Like, man, we have to be on the whole time. And all you would ask for up there literally is shade. So, like, even you look at UFC fighters. They get a break between rounds. You guys are just – It's us and whoever is playing Alabama. Because I remember we sat on the Alabama, the visitor side of the Alabama field that day. Yeah, but they actually do have fans. <laughs> they have those Air Miss fans well, that's that blow missed on you. I did see the Dolphins game. I uh, watched a little bit of the Dolphins and Broncos before they scored 100. That was a nail-biter. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> And uh, they were they even had like 
little portable shade things because the Dolphins try to roast their opponents like on the sidelines. Yeah. That's their goal I, I in the think, summer. And you know, listen, I was when I was walking up, me and Nick Payne were walking to the roof from the garage, and like, it, I mean, it was credit to all the fans that came out there yesterday because the crowd was pretty good for it was way better than what i was expecting for way better for yeah, it to it be 170 degrees but like walking across the racetrack before the race starts the stands are empty because you're not going to sit up there well, yeah. until the race starts obviously that's the thing but, too though at any point they can get up and walk up and, and not to mention it was fairly windy so you know in them walkways they have at the top of the stairs it's probably like a hurricane yeah, like, right yeah. there so you can go stand right there but yeah it was pretty hot man it's, that's that's it's you know, this race is more than likely moving to the spring next year. I think it's going to come out of the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, we're probably going to get frostbite and next year. That's fine. I, I tell everybody all the time, I will take 10 degrees over 100 no. every day of the week. No way, every dude. day. You're crazy. I might be crazy, but you're not fat. That's probably good. So. <laughs> I was going to say, that's because your body type. I think the coldest it's ever been, oh. TJ and I were at Bristol, and we literally had sleet hitting us in the yeah, face. Yeah, was, it, was, it, was, it. it was sleeting in our face, and I had to put sunglasses on yeah, just I remember to that. keep from getting nailed in the eyeballs with sleet. Yeah, that was – I think the coldest that I've been in my entire life was at Texas, and it was during a truck, maybe a Friday night. That's your fault. <laughs> I mean, Freddie was probably there. That's We're, his fault, too. It was Texas a few year, handful of years ago. It was bad. Like, I'm it sure. was freezing. The Martinsville is one of the ones I remember that being the, the coldest on the roof. You know, you start to race, and you're like, oh, it's okay. You get to, like, lap 300, and you're like, mm, my toes. Well, the worst thing, the worst thing about spotting in the cold is your feet freeze. Your yeah. fingers and your hands, your, your, your toes, yeah. at least, But you're moving your hands. You're not moving your feet, so at the end of the night, it's like frozen cement blocks, which I would have gladly traded in for yesterday rather than be 115 degrees. Well, you'll probably get that chance later this year. I know. When I'm freezing, I'd rip, I'll say I'll trade it for heat. When I'm hot, i say I'll trade it for cold. One but, thing I'll talk about before we dive into this, well, all this other stuff that Casey's got to go through. Um, go ahead, Casey. Brett, it's your show. You just we can't forget we about our friends already. at Birch Gold. I know, Gold. guys. This episode, you can't forget. It's sponsored by Birch Gold Group. It's gonna be gold. Oh, a hundred. It would have melted if I had it on. <laughs> true that. Get a free info kit on gold by texting DBC to nine eight nine eight nine eight. And job. thank you, TJ. If you place an order by October thirty first, you can get a gift card to score some dirty mo merch worth up to. $500. I could use that right about now. Me too. I'll bet you buy you another pair of golden gooses or whatever they are. Um, I nah, would, he I won't would... buy those. He'll buy one of those. Uh, <laughs> if you get them on sale. Or you can get a few vans. That's probably my approach Vans now. like, you yeah. get a van oh, down by the river? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Brett, I know you have tons to say. No, I just wanted to talk about a little bit real quick before we dive into our show. Uh, Jordan Bianchi, Jeff Gluck this morning were talking about the teardown, about how Texas Motor Speedway needs a legit facelift. And I was curious what you guys saw this weekend because obviously I've been going there a long time and, and you guys were too young for this. But when they originally opened Texas Motor Speedway, Bruton Smith loaded up a big jet and he flew all of the NASCAR media members down there to the CETUS facility. That's how proud he was of it. Obviously, they built condos. They got a Speedway club. The area where it's located is now legit amazing. Tons of cool retail around it. Uh, Freddie and I spent a full week down there a couple years ago. They've got like a top golf place across the road, amazing golf course, a nice Marriott, obviously the in and out the Bucky's and all that. But I was curious what you guys thought of the facility this weekend because I've noticed walking around there that it does need an overhaul, especially if it's a playoff track. Yeah, and there's two there's two different sides to this. Obviously, you have the facility side of it, which the fans – 
enjoy and then there's the racetrack side of it and i think they both need some changes um you know like yesterday it's it's so hard and i'm fine three and four is okay for me you know because i think eventually that corner might widen out one and two i think is maybe one of the worst corners we have because it's just you know they sprayed the the resin up there and you know it's gonna it, it brings in a second lane but the second you get we almost wrecked just trying to avoid Larson yesterday when Larson spun out. Like, we got just a little bit high, kind of, like, giving him room to wreck. And, like, once you get past that point, it's like falling off a cliff. Like, you're just going to – there's no grip whatsoever above that PJ1 or resin, whatever it is. Um, so I'd like to see them do something, even if it's just make one and two the same as three and four. Um, but it's still super hard to pass. Like, I noticed yesterday, TJ, I'm sure – I mean, TJ's doing his job. We were, we were catching the six, and we moved up a lane – and he he moved up a lane and then we moved you know and then once you once he takes your lane away that's it like you there's you can't pass and we we broke even like we would stay three back of him and the 24 was catching us he would stay three back of us and then that's just how you run until somebody makes a mistake so there's got to be some kind of adjustment like we've seen the mile and a half be so good for this car and this one just still falls flat well, you're in a corner or longer at texas but i'm speaking more of the facility yeah. side like you used to drive through this tunnel and you knew you were somewhere special. Like the suites are outdated. Like they've got to spend some money to make this place. I, I, I will say the the track and SMI did a great job of providing like events and things to do for fans around it. I know I was at the dirt track Friday and Saturday night where they had, you know, future NASCAR racers and kids and even adults. Kyle Busch was out there running. Um they were out there right after the Xfinity race. So I think they do a good job on the event side. Definitely different than what it used to be. I think there used to be more of like a carnival vibe. It was a little different there. And I do agree on the venue standpoint. But I think for how big that track is and how different that track is compared to so many others, um, they, they do a good job providing that that experience it's it's just the little thing like you it's just outdated it is where it's right. getting to i mean i don't know what year was it built like the mid 90s i'd right? say 97 um so you know and i don't think it's gone through much of a facelift and to jeff's like i was listening to the same thing jeff and uh jordan like you, you see the the improvements they've made to daytona they uh, some of the ISE tracks phoenix you know you can see where they're reinvesting the money or, or investing more money into into these facilities to to bring them more up to date and 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 you could see what's going on there this one here the parking lot is kind of a mess you know it's just it, it, it and it just takes some 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 money and some care but a lot know, of money because yeah. look, oh, look, yeah. look at phoenix phoenix was a hundred million dollar remodel daytona was a 400 million dollar remodel they just gave Charlotte Motor Speedway, twenty million dollars. That's not enough money. No. The, these these companies that own these tracks are going to have to subsidize it too. So, uh, I just want to point that out because our fans. This is this is what it's about. The fans deserve an awesome experience, and you and I should not be able to go to a minor league baseball park and it'd be better than where we go for a NASCAR Cup race. Oh, I went. I went on Friday night to the new Texas Rangers park, and I mean, oh my god unbelievable like i don't even know it's probably a couple years old now but how much were tickets uh i mean to get in the i bought obviously a little bit better tickets but they were 60 bucks it was four dollars to get in the door i think if you wanted to sit up in the top and and by the way if you want there's you know you can buy four or five dollar tickets whatever it was to sit in nosebleeds but there's also a railing with a bar top along the whole outfield that you could just stand there like a standing room only essentially and, and watch the game i don't think anybody's gonna chase you off so yeah i mean phenomenal facility sorry marvelous facility and 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, but we just, I mean, it's, and it's, there's not, it's not like it's dilapidated, falling apart, but you could just tell it's getting older. Yeah, yeah I, I walked, I think they did some, <clears throat> I thought they did some things to the track because I went downstairs at the bottom of the elevator. First thing I noticed is this huge bar. Did you see that? They did. Yeah, that bar is yeah. new. It, it was there last year, but I mean. But I noticed this huge bar there, which was kind of cool, where you could come right back from the stands, go right to the bar, get yourself a drink. And I also went to look for something to eat one time, and I went one, I got out of there, shaft, turned left, and it was like a whole convenience store right there. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, dude, no. it, was like a, it was like walking into a 7-Eleven. Like the whole back wall was all freezer stuff, every they, type of they beer. They have a 7-Eleven too. They do, yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, it, it was just right went, next to when, when Bruton built, when he bought Bristol Motor Speedway, look at what he transformed it into. When he yeah. bought Sonoma, you guys, I don't know if y'all were going out there yet. When he bought Sonoma, you could stand on the hill where we spot from and see the entire track. Well, he went in and spilled, spent a ton of money. We didn't even have garages in Sonoma. He built garages, built that front stretch grandstand. Uh, when you look at what he's done to Atlanta over the years with the condos, Charlotte Motor Speedway, what he built it into, it's like SMI. And I'm not – listen, SMI has some of the greatest properties we go to. They just need to come back in and spend some money to make them more current because they're out of date. And it's not one of them. It's most of them. And yeah. they're all in phenomenal NASCAR-loved markets. I don't think, like, from – like the bathroom stuff we go to and stuff, they're pretty up to date still, but I'm sure the suites could probably use some updating and stuff. But the, to me, the biggest thing that we could do there is is probably work on the racetrack to me. I don't know. It ain't going to matter if the fan experience is not good. Well, I mean, you want to go to where Freddie just went to watch Texas Rangers. If, if you you're put gonna on a two, good show, well, what, does it cost you, good. what does it cost you for a weekend to go to Texas Motor Speedway, family of four, right, coming from you. 200 miles away? Two grand? I don't know. I don't. Probably more than that. I mean, if I you're know. factoring in hotels and stuff i mean yeah i don't know i'm just saying i <clears throat> I, I don't think um goodyear can fix the racing i was like, can well, fix the cars to fix the i racing. don't care what, whatever goodyear does they're not going to make anyone run the wall at texas and one or two like we used to that racetrack you got eight lanes of unused racetrack there for especially no reason. not when you're spraying grip on the bottom of it well i'm, I'm, I'm just saying like it. middle of it yeah we've talked about it before the first laps into turn one there when they redid this everyone was like whoa whoa everyone was missing the corner and we need to just chop the you know half the racetrack off up there. Where do you think Texas is at on the schedule next year? Still one race? One race, I would say sometime in April. Not yeah. March? M- maybe March. No, I, I looked up the average weather for the end of March, and it's average high, the highest 70. I, kinda, I love being in Texas during the playoffs. I, th- I think it's a great market. It uh, is a cool area. I mean, everything you do in Texas, their fans are awesome. The people are awesome. But You're right. It is March. I was my my numbers are off. I have three. I would I would hate to see it leave a playoff, but I get it. I get it why it has to. Here's the weird thing about our playoffs, though. Like our our ratings are the highest they'll ever be all season for the first race, and then they slowly decline. And then last week I saw we were down a couple hundred thousand. I heard Jordan Bianchi say on the podcast this morning, "You got to have your ten best tracks in the playoff." No, you don't. Your ratings are the lowest they've been all year. I mean, our championship race doesn't even go crazy out in Phoenix or Homestead or wherever you have it. So do you think put your 10 best races for your fans. Do you think that's because that's when NFL starts? Yeah, I think that happens. Oh, and and, and I think, too, I mean, Freddie and I were talking about it a week ago. Um, I think we were on a boat. Like, it's a Chase Elliott effect. He's not in the playoffs. Also, and, and, I mean, and it hurts. That area as well. I know it's not just that area, but, I mean, what are all the people in that area watching during our race? You'd think the Cowboys get blown out oh. by the Cardinals. Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> you know, and bringing up the playoffs, like we've heard some some rumors of. And here's, I want to ask you guys this: you know, what should the? I know we need to challenge drivers in the playoffs. You know, you can't just have five 
intermediate ovals and five short tracks and let them go rip. We have right now we have one plate track, we have one or drafting track, whatever you want to call it, and one road course. Would you be okay with a second drafting track and a second road course in the playoffs? What's the drafting track? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. You know, you're you're looking at Atlanta. You think back to back. Is that what you're hearing? Man, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a fan of two road courses in our playoffs, and I know. I that. don't want two road courses. I can tell you that one. We've over. We've oversaturated. It's our worst racing. It's the. Um, it's over. We've oversaturated the road. You know the road course side of it. I think now, but I, a lot of that's getting fixed. Yeah. So is that what you're hearing on the schedule for next year? I know there's I, rumors. Listen, literally, I heard rumors for two months, and then I heard that every rumor I heard was was pretty much I take back everything I said about a doubleheader. I will tell you that part. Uh, you know, it's just it's just ever changing. You know, it seems like there's one date I think that's it's. I mean, we could say it's the Montreal date that they don't know. It's not locked down yet, and. If if that doesn't get done, it kind of it's probably going to send this thing back into another. <laughs> this tailspin. is going to be a smart ass question. How long ago was no, it when okay. we realized the Olympics were going to be in twenty twenty four? I don't. I don't think Pro- the probably Olympics. in twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't uh, think the Olympics are the problem. Uh, What's the problem? I think they've got that figured out. I think that, like Freddie said, I think we got a track that can't get locked how do you down. Not, how do you not have that figured out if you knew it's a well, domino you're, effect? You're working from that. with a city to, or you're yeah, working with essentially. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know the ins and outs of that. But yeah. if and listen, if this if that doesn't happen, it's a domino effect. What track can you? Then you got to move other things around. Yeah, like there, you might see Xfinity make a return to Iowa next year. And listen, if that with that too. if that I'll Montreal that. date doesn't work out, there may be a very slim chance, but there's a chance that we may end up with a Cup race in Iowa next can year. Can we request right. that? The, um, can we request? I don't know that how that good that that's going to be. We're already t- aerotight in Martinsville. <laughs> Milwaukee's going to be, but I do not like Milwaukee, the, Iowa. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, but, but it's listen, it's like it's let's it's, do it. It's just one of them. Like you hear this name, you know, on the list of places that could replace Montreal if Oops. Montreal doesn't happen. Can we Call have Iowa it, right now? And just see can we have it the, the same weekend as the Knoxville Nationals? Because that would be solid. <laughs> that'd Calm be nice. down. Uh, that would be cool though. Because I would yeah, like there's to see the like listen like to your point, Casey. Like literally every rumor that we were hearing for a while, like Brett talked about, the, the double headers not happening. Um, so the 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 double header in Richmond's not happening nope. now. I heard it doesn't was. I, like, yeah, doesn't I, sound like it. I like, heard like a midweek and then Saturday night, yeah. all four in a row: Wednesday, uh, Thursday, it, Friday, Saturday. Listen, like I said, I heard rumors last week and this week they could be completely different. You know what I mean? Like it's changing by the week. It seems like or by the day. And you, we've seen Bob tweet it like. I was expecting an announcement, scheduled announcement today, but it's been pushed two weeks. And if they yeah. tell me in two weeks it's pushed another two weeks, it wouldn't surprise me. So it's just there seems like there's one date holding things up. And then listen, if you if you look and we're not having a double header, and we know we have to have two off weekends, one's like the end of July, one's probably the first week of August, then the schedule is going to have to change because we're going to have to run a week later. And if you look at the way the schedule looks out and you back up ten weeks from that point. Where 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 does that where does that leave your cutoff races? Where does that leave well, your? Here, here's where the fan can win. Look at when Labor Day weekend is. Know that Darlington is going to be there, and then that tells you how the schedule pivots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think either way, if Montreal gets the date, I think there's going to be a really good crowd there. I think Montreal will have a quarter really million good people. Easily. I, I think yeah, there'll be a lot of people there. Um, it's a great area as well. But how long are you going to wait on Canada? Uh, oh, Canada. How long are you going to wait on that? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I also how think long, what? how long are you going to wait on Canada to let you know? Oh, yeah. We stand on guard for thee. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, well, back to the on-track portion of the race uh, this past weekend. I know, Freddie, shout out. You guys had a solid day yesterday, and, and congrats to Hendrick on cup win number 300 with Byron. <laughs> she win. just slapped you. And solid Sorry. day. Congrats to Hendrick. <laughs> but, but back to you. I know that last restart really changed the game for you. You know, looking. <laughs> you think? <laughs> looking. Um, as you were spotting from the lead, what would you possibly have done differently? What could have changed? I, we needed to execute better. We did two or three restarts, and we got away. Well, the one with Larson, I don't know. You know, we, we had an aggressive restart. Everybody's been aggressive racing for the lead, and, and Kyle spun out. Um, then we had a good restart, got out front, and a big wreck happened. We had another, another restart, and um, – didn't get a great push from behind for whatever reason. Um, just kind of got away from the nine. Didn't get a good shove. The, they got hooked up on the bottom before us. Uh, Briscoe was pretty tight. And then he had damage on his nose, I think, from kind of running the back of us on a restart before. So he got tight, kind of chased us up the hill. Nothing he did wrong. He's trying to go for the win just like everybody else was. Um, and then I think the only mistake we made was trying to cover the bottom of three on entry versus just taking our normal line in there. You heard Bubba talk about it in his post-race interview. Um, I don't think the 24 was in there far enough to really launch into three and get position on us. I think we could have entered a little bit better and 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 got a better run off of four and probably cleared him. But hindsight's 2020, and uh, there's no telling what would have happened. He might have still got us if we got out front of him and he was second. So uh, it's a good day. We led the most laps we've ever led in the race, 111, I think it was. Pole for the weekend. Um, close. Would have liked to have locked in, obviously, um, once you got some wild cards coming up here with Talladega and the Roval. But not in the cards that day, so all you can do is learn from it, move on. And all the way around, best weekend Bubba Wallace has ever had in a cup car. Easily. Led the most laps he's ever led. Started I don't know. That Kansas weekend was pretty good. No, I mean, you won the race, but you started from the pole. Yeah. Led the most laps you've ever led, 111 laps, right? I think the next most laps is like 80 at another track, like Richmond or somewhere. Um I mean, you had two good stages. You didn't end up getting a lot of points out of them. You're yeah. there. To, you're there to win the race at the end of the race, and you didn't. Yeah, and you know, I've seen a lot of people questioning our decision making in the first stage of whether or not we should have stayed out to chase ten points versus we were. First of all, we were playing to win the game. You know, you hear that. You know, Herb Edwards play to win the game, yeah. and we thought we had a car capable of winning. We did. Um, and to the to the point of you know we should have just took the ten stage points. Well, look at the guy that I took would the, have easily taken the ten, look at ten the, stage points at that point. That's guaranteed ten yeah, points. Yeah, but look from at there the, on out. Look you're at not the guy that won them. Look at the guy that won the ten stage points. Did you ever see him again after who, the loss? I don't even know who was who Ty, was it. Tyler Reddick. Did you ever see him again? In well, the he race? also drove into the fence. But. Not not not. Yeah, because he was back there in twentieth trying to. But you had his buried to me, in traffic. To me, you had a better car than him as well. Well, I mean, they should be the same. I mean, they're they're set up. You know, they're out of the same stable. But just, are you saying Bubba Wallace is better than Tyler Reddick? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's easy to. See. You can't. I don't think you can throw away your entire race to chase stage points because we've done that this year. We did it at Bristol, and it was the reason we transferred. But because we got them ten stage or eight stage points, whatever it was. We were never in contention for the race again. We did it at Michigan earlier this year. We chased stage points. We got good stage points, but then we finished mid-pack because we could never get our track position. So now back. you didn't get the stage points, and you still finished. and we got the sixth <laughs> and we got the sixth highest points in the race. And the guy that got the ten stage points finished fortieth. Yeah, but I don't know so, if you can compare that guy because it could have been anybody that stayed out. There was there was only <clears throat> there was only four or five guys that got points in both stages. You're obviously stronger than that car, so I think I think Bubba. I, I, who knows how it would have worked out? Nobody yeah. really knows. We were, we were, I just don't know how you pass up 10 guaranteed points right there. 
just because we knew that we were going to end up with the 45 ended up with. Eventually, you're going to chase them stage points, but eventually you're going to have to restart in the 20s. And if you restart in the 20s there, you're not getting back to the front. No. So we took the chance of we're going to go to try to win the race, and we got the fifth highest points on the day. We were in contention, probably should have won the race. I don't know how you can question that. I get it. Obviously, would we have liked to have gotten everything perfect world, get them 10 stage points? Well, and I can get, tell you how you can question it. You can question it because there's more points on the table. That's yeah, how you question it. But I'm it, just but. saying, like, the guy that got the 10 stage points, EJ, got 22 points on the day. He got 10 points in that stage. He got 22 on the day. We got 37 points. But he was never in contention all day. He led the fucking race for a half of the <laughs> No, no. He was, was in Tyler? the top five, stayed out. He was in the top five, stayed I, but out. He, he wasn't. Uh, to me, Reddick. Did you ever see Reddick all day and be like, "Oh man, that guy's going to win"? He was running in the top five before that. I never looked at him and thought he was going to win. Oh. I looked at your car and thought, "Okay, that guy's." You got never a shot looked at him win. because he was going to thought he was going to win because he was buried in f- traffic the rest of the day. I'm just saying, it's hard <laughs> to pass up points, man. You're right, but at this situation, was it the right call or wrong call? Because look at the guy that won the ten points and look at us. I don't know. I mean, Larson, we got fifteen more one points. Caution, than he did. One caution sways the whole thing. I mean, look at when JJ wrecked; that changed the entire race. Okay, at the same so. point, we were going to run fifth then, and Reddick was still buried in the tw- at about eighteenth. Just saying. <laughs> I know what you're just saying. You're wrong. That's all there is to it. Well, so you can you can tell me when every caution is going to be the rest of the race? It doesn't matter. What I'm telling you is, if you try to get stage points there, you're setting yourself up to be buried the whole second half of the race. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity because there was a lot of different pit strategies. We were buried with 10 to go in the race. We were 17th. We finished 7th. Okay. So, But I'm just saying, we've done this before, and we did it two, last week at Bristol. We did it a couple weeks or whatever, a month ago at Michigan. Well, that just tells you. We come off pit road with the next to last caution. We're 17th. We're buried. Yeah, and you got how many wrecks in front of you to get positions? What's the matter? How's it? Why is, you know, you're... Rex can't happen with the other time either with other So with I'm going to take 10 stage points, restart 20, and just hope and half the field, Rex? That's a good strategy. I'm just That's saying perfect. there's opportunity, things happen, and you can get stuff I get back. It. Like so. I said, we were playing to win the race, and we were in position to win the race. That's all we did. And we and it benefited us. We finished top five, we or third, whatever it was. We got 37 stage points, fifth most on the day. It is what it is. Santa Claus doesn't put cup wins under Christmas trees. <laughs> and you guys were in a position to do it. You didn't pull it off. Obviously, I don't know. I've seen did. some wins that were put under Christmas trees. <laughs> oh, what about what, – what were your thoughts on the pit road contact between Ty Gibbs and Hamlin? That was weird. Um – Oh, Josh yelling at Hirsch was kind of funny. I was thought oh, Josh was so share. excited. I ain't Hirsch. seen Josh move that fast in a while. Like, I, don't even know, I don't even know what he was uh, yelling yeah. at Hirsch about, but I think everybody, Hirschman likes to tell us all how to do our jobs at times, and I think that Josh just took the opportunity to go down there and yell at him. I think that's exactly <laughs> what it was. As soon as they hit, I, it wasn't like five seconds after they had contact. I heard Josh yell, Hirsch, and uh, he was like, <laughs> I'm like, with the 12 in that? I don't no, know. It wasn't even no. in it. He weird, but then we, he was. We talked about this with um, the deal with uh, – Elliot and Larson a couple weeks ago, like the for some reason the fifty four was shaded way to the left. Like it looked like there was yeah, a whole was car worth that. There was yeah. of, of room to the outside of him, and and then I don't know what the communication was on the eleven pit. Like he, I mean, he drove <laughs> straight out into traffic. I mean, he got hit t boned in the door. Essentially, I don't think you could. I can't if they hit two feet further back on the eleven, it might break. It probably his, knocks the rear end. Or the, the, uh, yeah, the, the rear toe breaks link the rear or toe something. link or something, man. Like. Holy cow. They hit hard. The 11 shot out there like he was trying to hit him. Not that he – I don't think he was, but I do think the 11 was surprised the 54 was that low because if you look at the replay again, there's a huge gap. Just like like you said, the 9 had a big gap on the outside of him. I don't know why these guys are 
crowding the inside lane. You know, these guys got to go around cars to get out. And if you have room over there, you got to use it. You're just putting yourself in, in harm's way. And luckily, Denny didn't get damaged that ended his race because it ended a 54's race. Right? That took him out of the race. It did, yes. So it could have very very easily been Denny. And if, you know, I don't know, where's Denny at in the points? Uh, he's, he's good. Way but, good, yeah. Second, I think. Okay, but if he wrecks right there, that's probably, what, 20 points? Oh, at least. So yeah. he, he goes from there to... He would be where Kyle. I mean, I don't he's know probably where in front of Ross. Or he'd be right in front. Of, he'd, be, he'd be right in front of like Kyle because Kyle. I don't know how many more Kyle react around then, and then he. Yeah. You know he's got more stage point. I mean playoff points than Kyle, so he'd be he'd probably be out in that but area. like around eighth, ninth, probably. I think that's season changing right there. Yeah, it was it was uh, interesting. Well, let us not forget to call out the fact that we are doing a live show Charlotte Race Weekend. Uh, right after the Xfinity Series race, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if you're in town for Charlotte race, you you have to show up for this. I'm staying in town to do this, so y'all better show up. Well, you, you <laughs> I hope your fan shows back up, but he's not going to be mad this year. Maybe Freddie will, uh, maybe Freddie will get me a spot and gig. You, I can show you. Want to be a second spotter this week? Yeah, because I can. I could probably drink beer. You probably can. There. Yeah, this well, this week is the most useless second spotter in the history of second spotters. If you choose to. Incorporate. Yeah, you'll just watch. Like. Yeah. You'll just watch. <laughs> Bring you a lawn chair, flip flops, some board you shorts. You can have Bodie spot for you, and I should probably do well. I used. I've done the backstretch at Talladega before. Have you? I have. You can actually yeah. really uh, help them getting out of four and getting in the one, but you don't have much of a window to be yeah. like. You got to really have your hand off and pickups right. Hermie Sadler and I did a good job with it back in the day. I first did it with Chuck Joyce back in the nineties, but. Uh, yeah, you've got to have a really experienced guy. And then our binoculars gotten better. Their they're reviews. I didn't even spot with binoculars, believe it or not, when we first got yeah. here um, until those wide zooms came out. So a lot, a lot of things of the, are A better. lot of back then, though, there was <clears throat> there was a, the, I don't know. I, I want to say the runs were big, but they were lazier. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, remember when they NASCAR would send out a schedule saying, all right, there'll be a flatbed to pick you up on the pit road. You get on this flatbed, they'd take this tractor, would pick you that up. That was actually pretty cool to ride. It back was, there yeah. That this tractor would take you to the backstretch grandstands and pick you up after the race. And Yeah. I remember uh, I was not back on the backstretch, but I remember one year they all threw their seat cushions over the uh, fence because Dale Jr. didn't win. They were pissed off. I can't remember who did win, but Dale Jr. did not win. It might have been Jeff about, Gordon or somebody. I was saying, the only Talladega. The the biggest race I can remember Dale Jr. not winning there is when Brian Vickers um, turned. Oh, in yeah, and he wrecked Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah him and Vickers What a methodical ra- crash by Vickers. Do you think he knew that was going to happen? <laughs> if I wreck third place or if I wreck second place, he's going to wreck third play, first place, and then I'm going to win. I figure that's how McDowell won the 500. He saw that. He's Vickers. Yeah. You know, just swipe the guy in second. He hooks the guy lead, and you look like you win the race. Experience the thrill of the racetrack like you're in the driver's seat with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite racers and feel the rush of every pass, pit stop, and victory like never before. Right now, new customers can turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet 5 on anything to score big, no matter what goes down on the track. With props, parlays, and more, there will be action to follow all race long. The racing action doesn't stop till the checkered flag drops. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and join with code DBC. New customers can bet $5 to get 150 instantly in bonus bets. That's code DBC only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. I'll tell you what, Freddie, I don't know how much you've seen Dirty Modo, but I don't know of anywhere else in the sport that you can get the kind of intel from racing 
professionals, we'll we'll use that term loosely, about stats, drivers. I think I think Latart's got his thumb on things. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, let, let's be honest here. It's really the professor that's the brains of that operation over there. Uh, but Stevie does have a good, obviously, wealth of knowledge, many years in the sport. So, I mean, check out Dirty Modo Thursdays on uh, Dirty Mo Media. Hey, they know strategy. And hopefully they know how to win. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. CDKNG.co slash auto racing for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Spot on, spot off. Spot off. Spot on. <laughs> yeah, spot on. It was super fun yesterday to ride around there. And I am spot off. Damn. Where'd he come from? First topic. Brennan Poole spins into the inside pit wall in the Xfinity race. Should there be a barrier wall to prevent future accidents bleeding into pit road? TJ, spot on, spot off. Um, I am... Not spot on for the wreck. I don't know how you can be spot on for a wreck, but I don't think you can put a wall there because if you put a wall there, somewhere there has to be the end of the wall. And I don't know if Texas is a place where you want even chance hitting the end of a wall coming off a four or down the front. But what about Michigan? You want a chance it there? Uh, There's a wall no, there. No, I don't want a chance it there either. I don't want to hit any wall head on. There's a wall in Michigan. That's fine. I don't want to add another one. But uh, so seeing this wreck happen this wreck was totally preventable mostly by him because to me had a, there was a car inside of him and he just came down across the guy from from what i saw it's not, i don't think the guy came up and clipped him or anything uh, but his interview said he just got run into but I, I don't i think he was trying to stop the guy's run and the guy was just there so i don't think he spun in the pit wall i think he drove head on into it what looked like wide open it, this is Extremely dangerous for a lot of people. Thankfully, no green flag stops were happening at the time because there wouldn't have been injuries. There would have been deaths. I mean, you can't have a 3,000-pound car coming at you at 100-plus miles an hour. I am all for figuring out a way to put out a wall. If we can do it at Dover, if we can do it at Michigan where corner speeds are extremely high coming to pit road, uh, you can do it anywhere. Yeah, I think uh, a buddy of mine, Zach Case, works. I don't know if he works on that car, but I know he works for that team at times. And uh, he said that the guys were just out there retaping their marks on pit road. Like the, the team for that, I think it was the 44 team. Um, might have been a 45, I don't know. Um, but he said that that pit crew was just out there because these guys, if you see it, if you look, watch a race, you see these orange tape marks where that's the, that's kind of where they want the driver to put that left front tire or whatnot. Um, he said, you know, throughout the race, they got kind of get tore up. So they were just out there retaping that and just got back over the wall before this happened. And to your point, yeah, I, I, they think, I mean, you think about, I know it's, it's low probability, but. I mean, not only that, hitting somebody there, but, I mean, what if this happens? We've seen it, you know, guys in truck practice or, or truck qualifying spin out, hit the end of that wall, you know, hit the inside of that wall. Um, you know, what, like, what, what happens if this happens during qualifying? And everybody's or, lined up. You know, there. there's cars lined up. You get destroyed. You know, cars just get destroyed sitting there. People are standing around during qualifying. Um, now you got people, you know, pit stops. If that, thank God, like you, to your point, there wasn't a pit stop going on. I think there has to be some kind of barrier between the racetrack and that pit road. TJ, if you're against putting a wall there, then what would you suggest? I don't know. I mean, it. I guess if you're, I just know that if there's a lot of wrecks in turn four at Texas, I mean, there's probably. I would hate to have a wreck just past the center of three and four and somebody, you know, 
carrying a lot of speed, get up in there and slide down off the bottom. And I just don't. Be. I don't think you have to have it. You know, you look at a place like Charlotte, you don't have to have it out there at the exit of four. The, you know, the, the, for the one at Charlotte, I feel like, starts, you know, four or five pit stalls in. So it's like it doesn't ca- carry as far. Yeah. So you've got some room. I guess there's probably a strategic place that's not the very end of it. But, like, Charlotte does, does do a good job of getting it kind of out of the way there. Like, it's not it's 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 at a hard spot to actually get to with a lot of speed because if you wreck in that part of the track you're most time you're going up the racetrack still and yeah i don't know if i mean if there's yeah i'm not totally against putting a wall there but you know i definitely it's been a long time since i've seen a car almost gain speed across grass and he was hit on him. ass I, I was worried about the car i mean if something brakes on that car just right or something and a tire folds under it or something and that thing launches right there whew, did you guys know that uh, Andrew went to an Eric Church concert this weekend? No. Hold on, his, I was going to bring something his, up that was relevant to the topic. He's got his chief shirt all over here. You look, serious? Look, look, at this, look at this Man Crush Monday moment where he has now tweeted that Eric Church handed him a guitar pick. Really? Hey, thumbs up to Eric. I, uh, I do have one <clears throat> idiot from that concert. So. Oh. Is it you? It's not me. That's supposed to be my question. <laughs> it's not me. Um, but based on what y'all were just talking about, uh, Blake brought up a great point that last year Cody Ware hit also hit the inside wall. Yeah, he smoked the, the, he smoked the outside wall and then hit the came opening, and, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was Or he hurt. just barely hit the opening. Yeah. He yeah. was that was a big wreck. I just retweeted your tweet, Andrew, for Thanks, Brett. Man Crush Monday. I've never seen a kid so happy. Over a Man guitar pick. What are you going to do with that pick? You going to sleep with it, or what, what happens? It's under now? his pillow, like the tooth I'm probably going to play, play. I'll it. bet it's in his wallet right now. It's not. Are you going to put it in your socks for when you do this Iron Man thingy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. will. Okay. A little extra boost between the socks <laughs> and the erectile dysfunction medicine. It should be a hell of a race for he you. Still get, he's going to get a tattoo of it right on his arm. Like they're going to trace it. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, now that we got way off topic there, uh, following Kyle's wreck during the race at Texas, he says, I feel like I'm letting my team down every time I try, I crash. It's like the less I try and the more we just ride around, the better day we have. Spot on. What a a concept. Yeah, spot on, spot off, Freddie. I mean, spot on for the end of his comment there. Like, and I, you know, I, here's who I noticed this about too. And this is, we've talked about this. I think I talked about on here last week. Kyle's been struggling. And, and when I say struggling, like they just, they've been crashing in practice. They've been cutting tires and crashing. I don't know what happened yesterday. He just looked like he went into one. And I I listened to the Glucks. Right in front of us podcast and he said something about they thought they were having trouble and then the next restart he goes and wrecks um so i don't know what happened there but this it just seems like and i don't know if it's kyle the car something breaking what's going on there but you know to his point in that second half of that you look at a guy the perfect example of that is sheldon creed and you look at that xfinity race the other day which i don't think we we're talking about it but the, we go out lap one and two playoff guys just drive straight in the fence. Riley Herbst and, and Sam Mayer, that Riley's talking about his tire. No, what tires, but you got out of the groove and drove in the fence. Same thing. Same, Sam did the same thing off of two. Sheldon Creed's car is awful. It was, it's been awful for the last month, it seems like. And he just rode around all day, put two tires yep. on at the end, got a decent finish, and here he is. Now he's 
a couple points that to the might good. be the best race i've seen shallow and yeah, run like he, it's a couple he's a couple points to the good now versus all these guys that are wrecked and way out and must wins in the xfinity series now here you find kyle who was in pretty good position to start this round but now here he is 17 points out because they go out and wreck um you just like to his point yeah maybe you need to just ride around and, and take what it gives you instead of trying to push a little bit too hard i'm spot on for him admitting it i mean you look back at his races race 20 loud new hampshire is when the wheels fell off of this thing he's had one top five since then before that obviously three wins and a really good season going and he has i mean he's not wrong and he's a guy i mean we all listen he's one of the best to ever drive a race car right yes. you agree with that tj yeah he's really good i mean he's, he's one of the best to ever do it but so stop trying so hard stop putting your team in a hole if you're going to be as good as we say you are you got to be that good all weekend you can't just show up halfway through the race and do it but you go back and look at his stats fans racingreference.com at loud new hampshire the wheels fell off yeah, I uh, I kind of agree with what he said for sure because we were we were loose. We were actually we were really loose that first run, and we were fading a little bit. Uh, Kyle caught us and passed us, and the lap after he passed us, he gets super loose. It's probably two laps after he passes. We were already Brad. I know I can tell when Brad's okay. If I go any harder here, I'm gonna I'm gonna wreck myself. Brad is really good at managing his stuff and and staying within his limits. And, man, Kyle went by us, and two laps later, he had got super loose. And we got a big run on him. He slid all the way to the top. Threw him, like, he went into the bottom and slid to the top in the middle to block us. And it's like, okay, it wasn't – it was that lap or the next lap after that, he went into one. And Brad's like uh, – he, he could see it. He was trying super hard at that point and just lost it. But, like you say, I mean, you got – he had enough speed in that car where if he just – lets them adjust on it a couple times throughout the race, he's probably going to be in, you know, he's probably going to be in contention for the win. But look at guys like uh, William Byron. He was nowhere to be seen all day. Christopher Bell, mid-pack, and they just ride around, take what's given. Uh, Harvick. It's, it's rare you say that about Bell because he's usually fence for win. <clears throat> yeah, he did a really good job of just finishing the race off. And But Byron, man, he was – just taking what was given, had a fast car. Same thing he did at like the Rolf. Started in the back. You didn't see him all day, but he ended up with a good finish because he just doesn't make any mistakes. He's just finishing the races off with what's given to him, and it's paying off for him right now. There's like that's all Harvick did all day. Harvick didn't do anything all day but ride around, take what was given. Then he ends up with a what sixth or seventh or, so, or fifth or sixth or something like that. And a I, don't good day it, for I don't think that matters, honestly. Like Harvick's either winner, who cares? Well, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that's how you finish. That's how you have a good day. Yes. You don't beat yourself. Well, moving on to another Kyle in the race. Kyle Larson says, (laughs) I should have just made more space after spinning in a side-by-side battle with Bubba Wallace for the win. Freddie. Uh, Spot on. (laughs) Spot on that he didn't take us with him. Uh, Listen, it's just two guys that rate Two guys that are really good at restarts. Uh, two guys that are just gonna put, let it all hang out there. I mean, we 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 didn't have to. I, what I told Bubba coming to the Greenware was, we want to win. We don't have to win. And don't you know? Don't be overly aggressive here, selling out to try and get the win. And I don't. I mean, maybe I'm biased. I don't think. I mean, obviously you're holding him tight, but I don't think we were holding him. You know, like trying to wreck him tight. Um, I think we, you know, we got on his door there on the, in the one, and, and Kyle lost it, and we we're keep referencing the teardown. But I think Jeff talked to, to Cliff afterwards, and Cliff just said, "Listen, you know, 
these cars haven't had this issue as bad as the old car where you know you you can you can it, there's a little more side force to lean on but then the second you lose that side force it's over like there's no saving it so um i think just two guys going for it kyle said he should have maybe gave us more room i don't know like i don't know what else he's going to do differently there um it's just they were tight in the yeah, one it's just they were super tight yeah i mean that's what like, you're supposed to do what are you I mean, do in that situation no i'm not saying they shouldn't have been i'm just <laughs> yeah I, I know that when they go down the corner that tight that they're going to be the yeah. guy on the inside and he was, i was expecting him to be a little like he was we were kind of in you can't you can only run so high in one so like we were kind of in that middle lane like a lane lane and half off the bottom and he was right there on us and instead of you know being on the yeah, very the bottom. bottom um so i don't think he did anything wrong i mean obviously he spun out but i don't think obviously i'm not gonna say bubba did anything wrong because i think that we did everything we were supposed to do there but i don't know you guys might have a different opinion it's hard to look at it it's hard to look at the replay and just say oh this guy because if you're not in the moment racing every every corner and seeing the little things they're doing, which I don't think the TV can show you as good as what we can see because we see what they're doing. And to me, it, it's hard to say whether <clears throat> I know Kyle spun out, but like he's trying to do everything he can because he needs to he needs that foot to help make the corner. And Bubba's like, okay, you're not getting that foot. I'm gonna put you down there. And it's just really hard racing at that point in time. I didn't see it happen live. But I know the cat and mouse games that we all play on the straightaways and manipulating air for the corners and all that stuff. And I'm sure there was a lot of that going on before that. I mean, everyone's doing that every single lap. It's easy to know who screwed up, who wrecked. <laughs> Scientific explanation given. Kyle Larson probably thought he had one of the best cars in the field and didn't think he would lose it. He knows he's one of the best drivers in the field, didn't think he would lose it. And guess what happened? He lost it. So, obviously, this was a big opportunity for Bubba to capitalize and get the win. Uh, I'm curious, Freddie, and I know we're getting ready to go into this one. Is Bubba Wallace the restart king? Man, listen, he's marvelous, phenomenal, whatever you want to call it. He's That's what he is at restarts. He's really good. I mean, and that's, I mean, he's my driver, but the stats back it up, too. Um, you know, and, he, and he's, he had, he just, obviously, it's hard to say that when you lose the race on a restart, but... Uh, it, I think that I think that he is obviously, in my opinion, one of the best. I mean, you guys watch the races the same way I do, and I have a more unbiased opinion, I'm sure. But I, it's hard to argue that he's not one of the best out there. You don't have an opinion, Brett? Is he? Isn't he? Uh, I listen. Uh, I, he said he's a restart king, and he the, the stats are there that he is one of the best. And you know the the he hard, called himself the, the hard the hard part is when you look at the restart data data, whatever y'all want to call the word. Um, I think it's one thing to be the restart king restarting 12th. I think it's another to be the restart king starting with the lead. When you look at the Kyle Bushes and the Ron Hornadays, those guys won races from the lead with restarts, and you knew you were going to have a hard time beating them. He was very close to getting the win, and he made, in my mind, an epic error on the restart after the restart going into turn three where it looked like he was trying to clear himself to the bottom, Freddie, but then he realized he had to hold a lane, and by the time he got to turn three with the speed he had, he was not setting himself up to make the apex given the lane he was in. Um, and, man, it was heartbreaking to watch him lose a race that way. And, listen, everybody on social media either loves you or they hate you, and I don't just mean you. I mean 2311, Bubba Wallace, Danny Hamlin – 
you guys are there is no gray area with with where your fan bases are. But when he got out of the car and said he was a restart king, like people were melting down. Oh yeah. And and the fact that people were saying he you know he's not as good as he was. Well, he sat on the pole and he led 111 laps and he damn near won the race. So uh, obviously I'm a Bubba supporter. But break down for me that last. Uh, that last lap-ish um, before you lost the lead coming into turn three. Restart came off Did I not already lead. do this? Yeah. yeah, yeah he's already, already did this. You already, did you? Yeah. I forgot. I, yeah. asked, that, I asked that question in, no. uh, <laughs> in the BS segment. Good job. Uh, I mean, we could do it again. Uh, I want to get – I think <laughs> – Don't do it again. <clears throat> I don't um, know if he's the restart king, but I, Bubba's definitely very uh, – he's very good at restarts. He knows where – he doesn't make the mistake. He, he knows where to be. He positions himself well. I also think, like, I don't remember how he, I don't remember him being quite as good when he was in the 43 car. I don't know if, you know, I think a lot of the restart stuff is very car dependent too. If your car is good and the driver is comfortable, they can make moves and go forward. Like, if you have a fast car, it's going to turn. You can go places other cars can't. Like, we saw them mile and a half a few years ago. Remember when Hendrick cars were going to the top, turn to the bottom? They're the only cars that could do that. Yeah. That makes passing a lot easier, but I definitely think I definitely think Bubba's one of the better. He's definitely one of the top tier guys at restarts. I've, I, I've noticed that over the years. I go back to when we were teammates with him at Roush and even other places. I've heard him say when he restarts behind certain people, he knows he's going to pass them. That's a mindset, and there's a lot of things yeah. that it takes to make you great at restarts. The first thing is mindset. The first thing is be aggressive. I mean, Chris Rice and I, we hammered some drivers last year, last two years, about you have to be an animal on restarts, especially in these cars, because if you don't pass them in, you're not going to pass them at all. Yeah, I mean, the racing analytics on Twitter, or whatever, I'm not sure what the, the the actual Twitter handle is, but they, they posted something a couple weeks ago about you know positions gained or lost and and we were like plus 91 the next guy was like in the 50s and then, then to your point that's that's also restarting top 10 versus the front row um but you know even he's just really good at taking advantage of people like you just said you know like we we i think it was was a you that we went outside like middle of three on into one yesterday and 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 you know yes, cleared I, the 17 like he's just yes. really good at kind of putting people in a position where puts them at a disadvantage and him at an advantage and and it's just ultra, he's i think that so, some of it just comes from willing to be more aggressive than some are willing to be at that point in a race or whatnot and he is it's i'm sure it's going to come back to bite him somewhere somewhere down the road you know um but you know at this point he's capitalizing on it and and yeah if he wants to call him the king that restart i we were pushing. We got to the guy in front of us right at the start finish line, and Bubba wasn't quite there yet. So naturally, he's going to have a little bit of a run when we get to one. Well, I'm telling Brad out of the out of the dogleg, you got to hang a hard left because here comes Bubba. Bubba's coming with a run, and Bubba did the right thing instead of lifting for us. He made the move to the middle. The middle was open. He forced the guy on the outside higher than he wanted to be, and it was a good move. I think there was a I think there was a yellow pretty quick right there. Something wasn't there because we yeah, restarted. We restarted the same exact way next, and uh, we kind of took it away because he tried to do the same thing. We kind of faded to the bottom half, and then we came right back to the middle, and then Bubba had no choice to go but follow us through one and two that run, that lap. Yeah. So, But, no, he's it's good to have – it's fun as a spotter to work with a guy that's looking out the oh, front. Oh, it's so much more fun. Because you're on attack mode. Dude, when you're – no, when you, got, when you got a guy that doesn't want to go on restarts, it's yeah. miserable. I definitely think that's probably one of – I don't know if he's a restart king, but I do think that's one of the strongest parts of his game right there is restarts. 
What goes around comes around. And what happens in Vegas, Freddie, stays in Vegas. <laughs> For the first time ever, Dirty Mo Media is taking its hit podcast to the streets, live and in front of real people, uncensored, unapologetically authentic, and unprepared. So business as usual, basically. So here's the catch. We'll be talking about ourselves like we never have before. These stories, it's going to sound like we couldn't even dream these things up. And we're going to be doing it and talking about these things in front of a live audience. And the only way to hear these stories is by coming to Dirty Mo Live, Dell Jr. and Friends at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, Friday, October 13th. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com slash live or Ticketmaster to join Dale Jr. and Mike Davis from the Dale Jr. Download, Brett Griffin, TJ Majors, and myself from door bumper clear as we spill all the tea on each other when you have decades-long careers in nascar you have highlights you have lowlights and more stories than you know what to do with and you're going to get to hear them all what were dale jr's greatest races according to everyone else how about the time he and mike davis got in an argument during the race oh and what about the time tj majors went radio silent on dale jr while spotting for him yeah, you're going to get to hear all those stories and more. So come out to Westgate Resort and Casino on Friday, October 13th to see Dirty Mo Live, Dale Jr. and Friends. Get your tickets on Ticketmaster or visit DirtyMoMedia.com slash live. That's DirtyMoMedia.com slash live to get your tickets or you can find them on Ticketmaster. Come join us Friday the 13th. Oh, what an ironic date Friday for Dirty 13th. Mo Live, Dale Jr. and Friends. Things are going to get crazy. Ooh. Moving on to the DBC A-Main, I want to kick it off by congratulating all of the CB Industries team selfishly. I'm super proud of them. We've got Braxton Flat with two wins at Texas, Owen Larson fourth, I mean, Jaden Rainio won at Millbrae. Owen Larson races for y'all? He does. Wow, that's sprint. awesome. Yup, and uh, Wyndham with the Eldora win on Friday. I mean, How old is Owen now, nine? Oh, I don't know. Around there. You're really involved in that Chasey, Casey Boat am racing I, deal, huh? Am I, it's actually Chloe Boat Industries, <laughs> and I I don't keep track of their ages, but I know he's young, and it was it was a... Eight years old. He's eight, exactly. Um, but anyways, tons of racing this weekend between Four Crown, uh, World of Outlaws, All-Star Championship, congrats to Zeb Wise. I mean... Congrats to Zeb for championship. <clears throat> Zeb's a good kid. Yeah. Um, young... He's Young come driver. a long way. Yeah. Um, Logan Seavey uh, does something that only two guys have ever done before him. Two guys named Jack Hewitt and Kyle Larson, who are pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, went sweeps the USAC portion of fork round, which was uh, pretty badass to watch. Shout out to Wyndham for winning. Finally, I thought he might have forgotten how to do that, but I guess he's still got a little bit. Hey, in I'll him. tell you what. I, <laughs> he was getting shoved to some of them restarts by Jade. Really? I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't watch. I, I, I'm too superstitious. So by the time I was, I forget where I was at, but I was, I turned it on race monitor just to check and see where they were at in the program. Yeah. And they were already in the race, and there was like. So, I don't know, 10 or 15 to go, and he was, was that Friday or Saturday? Friday night when he yeah, was Yeah, he was gone. So I then I was like, it. I'm not turning it on. I'm just going to watch right I here. I couldn't. I know. I'm very superstitious, too, and I think I made a mistake. They were coming Saturday. to the green, and, man, she was like, that Jade is aggressive. Dude, <laughs> they're coming to the green. She's shoving him to the green. I'm like, geez. But, yeah. Uh, who won World Outlaws? I didn't see that one. Uh, Rico. Oh, yeah. That at that's right. They're at Eldora. Eldora. So, yeah, Rico. Yeah, Rico won. Yeah, who is he? Is I mean, if anybody 
owns Eldora, it's probably Rico. Rico's really good there. Kyle, uh, Tyler, yeah. Tyler Courtney's really good there. Kyle's obviously good there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Rico's he's been ripping this year. There's guys like I will say that watching like Tyler or who did I see was was it Courtney that was bouncing it off the fence into what like they figure these guys if you ever go to Eldoria these guys the fast guys have figured out how to hit the wall and launch off of it to gain momentum and I I don't know how you do that there I don't like, know how you have the balls so to do that. There, the, it's unreal the funniest thing that came out of Four Crown was Rico finished third the night Wyndham won. Yeah. And I guess probably had to go jump in, in the sprint car to go run it. Cause I seen Wyndham had to run over there. And so he didn't, Rico didn't go to the podium and uh, somebody had tweeted like, Oh, we just have a two person podium because it's just, uh, it's just uh, Chris and Jade were Jade, up there yeah. and Rico retweeted it and said, no, I'm there. I'm just standing behind a check. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I was like, that's that's hysterical. Dude, Rico's having a good year, man. He's, oh, he he's been on year. fire this year. It, I got it, a new like, crew chief, and I can't. I wish I could remember his name. Yeah, but Ricky Warner. Ricky, Ricky Warner. Warner. Yeah, uh, really good. They've been they've been ripping all year. Why? Like, does he? So does he run the Outlaws next year full time? I mean, can't. I like, think he has more fun doing what he's doing. Like, you can chase. I think you can make more money. Just chasing, doing what he's just doing. chasing bigger chasing events. The money. You know, just being, you yeah. know, like a barnstormer, like a yeah. true outlaw. He's had a breakout year, in my opinion. Yeah, I sure. know what y'all can do. The train for the heat next summer. You can go to Eldora and just stand on a backstretch when they blow them flames up. No, oh shit. yeah, that'll, that'll be how y'all get in shape. I feel that's like what that's, it felt like all day yesterday. Yeah, literally, on, when you got to, when you walked out of that elevator shaft to the roof, it felt like you were walk. Now you walk behind the planes at the airport. Yeah, in the hot air, it, that's what it felt like the entire. Yeah, it felt time. like stepping into an oven. We'll get them to open the track up, and we'll all go out there and drink beer and stand by the flames. Well, wait. Did they, are they banging the fans? No, I don't think, we, <laughs> I don't think fans are allowed. Uh, well, this weekend, Outlaws head to Williams Grove, where I'd imagine the points lead will get even tighter. Right now, Brad Sweet is uh, leading, but then David Gravel slightly chipping away. So I think it'll I be- wish Brad Sweet and Rico would get another shot at NASCAR. Like. Because they've obviously raced a hell of a lot more now than they have when they had a chance to come through here. I think they came through with the sport clips or great clips deal. Probably would have been yeah. great clips, right? Brad yeah, sport did. clips is at JGR. Uh, I feel like they, man, I'd love to see them get another shot at it. I don't, you know, I mean, I would love selfishly, I would love to see that, but I don't think they have any interest in it. No. They they yeah. have way more fun and probably make more money doing yeah. what they're doing I, I now. I think Brad Sweet is he's on par to be the next Donnie shots like that's yeah. he that's him I mean he's already on that I mean he's what four or five yeah he's already halfway there like, like how many has Donnie got I think 10 yeah it's ridiculous um, man. but Brad's I mean and they run his place right here out of a little yeah, next door right, to our right studio yeah right down the <laughs> street racing. I don't think yeah. they're very they're here very much but and seeing like those guys it's just a different breed that's what they love that's what they do you know it's not these guys didn't grow up at a asphalt late model track like Dell Jr. did. That's what Dell Jr. goes back and runs because that's what he loves. You know, these guys, that's what they do. And, you know, I think seeing Casey go across the country racing his stuff now, enjoying it, I mean, he's he's really loving life, you know. I it's, do. it's funny because I like to watch old school late model asphalt racing more than I do dirt racing. But I think dirt drivers are way better drivers. Like just watching the discipline that they do it in. It doesn't matter if it's super dirts or if it's World of Outlaws or whatever. Like just I, I respect their craft more than I do the late model guy, but I enjoy watching now at this point in my and life, the I, asphalt guy. To your point, it I is think different. that like, you know, and we and we talked about this last week a little bit with Weaver. You know, uh, Buddy Kofoid was a kid that was like the next guy. And he's still, I mean, he's still a phenomenally talented driver, yeah, but yeah. um marvelously talented driver, sorry. <clears throat> and uh <laughs> 
he he's not I, he it looks like he's lost all aspirations to go to the NASCAR side in it and I wonder if it's not like salary ba- you know like we don't see the huge cup like these guys are trying to get the cup to make this big money versus you know just making a living running dirt and now these you know the salaries are coming down to where it's like well I can almost make the same thing over here or similar. I, you know, I promise you. And have way more fun. Donnie Schatz makes more money than everybody in the truck series. And he probably makes more money than everybody but one or two in the Xfinity series. And he probably makes more than some drivers in the Cup series. And that was not that way 10 years ago. No, that's what I mean. Like, if a lot of these guys traded in what they really love to do, chasing a, a bigger paycheck, and now they're like, if the paycheck's going to be equal or similar, yeah. I'm just going to stay here and do what I love to do. There are some truck teams that still pay well, and there are some that pay awful. There, I would like to see somebody take a guy like the CV kid and put him in a program. Put him in a program that gives him time to develop his his skill. Because Larson came in was fast, but he made a lot of mistakes. He jumped the cushion a lot. He hit the wall a lot. Yeah. But once he once he learns that finesse. I mean, you see what the what the outcome could be. Yeah, Logan's he's at the top of his game right now. I mean, he yeah. wins a Chili Bowl this year. I mean, he's I think I don't even I would assume he's leading some like the USAC points in some of those divisions. I don't know if I'm about all three, but <laughs> I mean, he's just every time I look up, he's running well in a different form of car. Yeah, I remember right when I racing came out with the dirt stuff. I started this little just a part time little dirt league fun, and Larson we were in there. And Larson's like, look, if you let that CV kid in, we're all running for second. And so I let him in. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have let him in. <laughs> he was so fast. So him and Kyle had really good races, but he was super fast. Kyle was right. Well, don't forget to catch all dirt racing action on Dirt, on dirt Vision and catch our show this and every Wednesday. Moving on to Reaction Theater. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, earlier this week, I was asleep and somehow pocket-dialed DBC call-in and was only saved by Andrew's voice telling me to leave a message at the beep. If I hadn't caught that, y'all would have had 30 minutes of me snoring and farting. Anyway, go Denny. Go Denny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know you could snore and fart at the same time. I guess it's possible. I just got a new puppy and he does it. Cookie snores and farts. Same she time. does it. Isn't it she, she does it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. My bitch does it. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Jesus. If anybody Good could Lord. only like you a little bit less, I don't know what it is. Weird. Tell <laughs> me so, I mean, you look it up. Weird. Webster. Ay, ay, ay. You got this clown who wins a race and he puts on a big fing hat. That is the stupidest fing thing that has ever been happening in this sport. God, thanks for choking Bubba and Freddie for making us watch that. Freddie, I have bad news for You're you. You're welcome. I won a race at Texas with Elliot in 2003, I believe. And by the time I got to victory lane, all the cowboy hats were gone. I never got oh. one. So Will you, got one yeah. though, mind you. Count? Will the bus driver, he <laughs> got a he got a hat, but I never got a. Were hat. you counting on me to bring? He you definitely one had more to do with that win oh. than you. I uh, I never got a hat. He's probably driving out of front stretch. Because um, he was already on Pharaoh <laughs> when they ended the race. That's why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sucked. I like Byron's hat. I mean, I don't know why not do something. Do you know who looks good in a cowboy hat? Coach uh, Prime. Coach Prime. He just. Looks I was going like, to say nobody. <laughs> he he looks like a bad mother. In a cowboy hat. He got humbled the other day, huh? Yeah, you think? 
<laughs> Man, if Brett could actually freaking do his job, Bubba might have won a race. You say you? Holy <laughs> Brett, you suck. Brett, you are terrible at your job. Know, Jeez, know. Brett. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I, I Hang know. on, let me make a note for one idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I've given enough races away to feel like I agree with this guy, but I did not. I did not partake in giving that one away. I was pulling for my friends Freddie and Bubba, and then I cringed when I saw him do that move, and then he lost. I think the biggest, the thing I remember you giving away, Brett, was the one time at Daytona when was it Daytona where Clint was leading? It's a duel or something. We just drove around the bottom like you weren't, and you well, you had an extra plate. You had to no. to, to cheat it up. It, plate it was like that Dale, okay, Dale here it comes. Days. No, this was a Joey. So, I mean, we didn't, if anything, we had a smaller plate. But I don't remember that one. But I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, just, there's a lot yeah. of things I don't remember. We drove right around you on the bottom, and then it was like, surprise. You should have blocked the bottom. It yeah. Easily could have. Easily yeah. could have. Yeah, we definitely should have blocked Block the, bottom the bottom when nobody's coming. <laughs> should have blocked the bottom. Hey, Brett, you got to let your buddy uh, Andrew know that uh, one of the things professional triathletes do is they actually take. Um, erectile dysfunction pills before the race to kind of get that blood flow, that circulation going. So, you know, that might be a performance-enhancing uh, thing that he could do. So, Andrew, there you go, man. You're welcome. Andrew, they don't test for that either. No, like if you're walking around looking that. like you're really excited to be there, Brett. they would just think you're really yeah. excited to There's be there. There's a reason they don't test for it, because you can see it. <laughs> they no don't need, have to test No for need it. for the test. No need for the <laughs> test. <laughs> Who's the guy with a red face and pitched a tent over there? Oh, he's our triathlete guy. Isn't Andrew's dad here today? I feel uh, yeah. so sorry. So he doesn't the, get the context. You can so see all sorry. the triathlete fans. They all stand over there and together and... <laughs> Can't stand close to each other. Listen though. to Eric Church. <laughs> <laughs> what song oh, are you going to listen to while you're running with this uh, situation? Uh, you can't listen to any music during the race. No. Oh. no. Uh, well, you going to be what playing you, something in your head? Yeah. What do you, yeah, what do you tell yourself in, in your head when it's getting rough? I don't know. It's a, it's I hope a long this thing goes down hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't have any mental things stored. Like, I don't know. Five you get hours. This. Probably. You probably coach yourself through it. Like, all right. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Right what do you now? say to yourself? I. Yeah, it's more just like, at least for the half marathon part, it's like you're counting up and then counting down. So it's like you're counting up to halfway, and then you're like counting down from halfway. It's going to be a lot harder than you thought it was going to be. I'm just warning you. I, I, I can't even sleep for five hours. I know. <laughs> yeah. We could drink for five hours in a bar. Wait, are, we, are we ever around when you're doing any of these? I mean... Can we go and sit uh, on the side and treat you on? Because I'll uh, go and drink and watch you do this if we can. I will drink to that. They're a lot. They're mostly on the weekends, right. which is the Charlotte, problem. Charlotte, You're going to need a moped, a hovercraft, and a one wheel. <laughs> I mean, I'm not following around. Hey, is there like a GPS thing? Can we get your your tag number Actually, and follow you? Actually, you can track me. Oh, let that's me ask Iron Man. If you yeah. if you ran by the drink station and <clears> saw <throat> me and Brett with cups extended, would you take no? Me? <laughs> We need it. We, we actually need this to be like the Hunger Games, where we can talk to Andrew. And actually, during the get during the there race, there was there was a DBC fan for my first race here in North Carolina who was at one of the aid stations, and I saw he had a spot on hat. So yeah, Doug, and uh, I knew I could trust him. Doug, I'm not drinking. Doug anything. Campbell ran John. like a half marathon down in Charlotte one night or one day, and uh, Priest and them guys went down there, and they were like on the sidelines, so they were like. Hey, we got you a water, and they ran out and like handed it to him. I was running, and he downed it, and it was a Modelo. <laughs> 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 right, 
right in the middle oh, of a half marathon. <laughs> did I tell you what happened in Bristol? I was walking inside, and you know how the fans are all lined up on the track there. Yeah, they got yeah. the, and I'm walking in, and there was a lot of DBC fans in Bristol, by there the way. Was. <laughs> and I'm walking inside. Priest is over there signing autographs, and somebody goes, "Hey, DJ, you're off. Freddie sucks." And I saw Priest turn on grins because <laughs> 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 I knew it was. I'm funny. sure Ryan got kicked out of that. Yeah, he did. It was funny because he, he was just totally just signing autographs and he heard, Freddie sucks. And he just started grinning. He looked back a little bit and just kept going. It was funny. Ty Gibbs, you stupid son of a <laughs> You know how to f***ing drive him the damn uh, pit road? Take your dumb back to f***ing Xfinity where the kids drive. You're in the Cup Series, This is where the drivers drive, dip <laughs> Jesus. Was, I mean, I guess that that's how you really he gets Ty. Ah, big, big <laughs> Ty. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. Big Ty Gibbs fan. Yeah. I would like to have heard what Hirsch had to say to Josh because that would have been interesting. It's never Hirsch's fault. Uh, we I do know. know that. Yeah. It's usually not my fault either. So we also know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll argue till I'm right. Figured out why I don't like Bubba. It's because he's just like my nagging ass wife. He plays a sympathy card after every race in the interview because he chokes. Just like my wife, always saying, I think I look fat. I feel fat. Do I look fat? Just so I will say, no, sweetheart, you look fine. You're not fat. That's what Bubba does. He wants people to say, oh, you're not that bad, Bubba. You're, you're actually a good race car driver. Kisses me off. Full transparency, she is fat, and he does suck at racing. I mean, if my wife wins two races, she ties him. Uh, but unfortunately, your wife's not going to win two races, dumb. So, I mean, uh, what? So, um, didn't listen. expect that call. <laughs> His poor wife. <laughs> I know. Um, listen, I, there's a lot of times like Bubba gets out and I cringe at maybe some of the things that he says. I thought he handled yesterday's interview really well. He got out and said he choked. He did a, you know, he messed up. Um, you know, I don't know the choke is the right word, but I don't know. He, 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 maybe it is. He, you know, he, he made a bad decision in the turn three. Um, I don't think he, I don't know that he played a sympathy card. I didn't look at all the interviews. Um, but yeah, uh, you could say a lot of things about Bob if you want, but that he sucks is, is not one and of if them, you, in my opinion. And if you think about it, would you rather him get out of the car and be like, I'm the greatest of all time? Like, it's restart every King. time. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. But like, Just ask him. wouldn't you rather somebody be hard on himself and more humble than somebody who's overconfident? In today's world, I don't care what he says as long as he's telling how he feels because we have way right. too many of these guys that get out and either lie to us or sugarcoat it or don't address a question. So like him or not, at least he gives us some authenticity because holy cow, are we missing that? And when when you look back at when this sport was on the rise and and we were doing all the things well, the drivers were not pansies in interviews like they are now. I do agree That's with it. that. I think it's good for the sport. I might not agree with what he says all the time, but you're listening. And he's so. providing also a perspective that not many industry members provide. I mean, he's providing his true feelings all of the stress that comes into being a driver day in and day out. Yeah, a lot of these guys, you don't hear anything from them. Bubba, he tells you How many times have we been lied to this year in interviews? Yeah. Post-race. You know, listen to me. Like, if Brian any, Priest, you, he, you just mentioned his name. He lied to us. Yeah. Chase, a couple weeks ago. Like, whatever. But, like, I wish 
you know, if anybody had any reason to never speak in public, it's Bubba. Because what happens is anytime he says anything or does anything, it, it's, just, the other it's, side. it's just, it's no just, it's just yeah. torn apart. Like I, I always laugh at people. Why are you talking about Bubba? You talk about Bubba because no matter what you, you could say, Bubba said the sky is blue today. It's going to get a gazillion likes and clicks and whatnot. And then it's going to be, he's an idiot. The sky's red. I don't know what the hell this guy's problem is. You know, so if, if it, there's anybody that had a reason to not talk, it's probably him, but he's consistent goes out there and puts himself out there sometimes for better sometimes for worse but he's he's not afraid to do that and show you his emotion and tell you what he's thinking and i appreciate that about him and i wish more drivers were like yeah, that and if and again he if you want to say he sucks then that's fine by you but you're an idiot oh well send us your thoughts whether they're dumb or not as Freddie <laughs> mentioned <laughs> Uh, whenever you'd like, just call our new number 704-802-9572 Moving on to AskDBC. Don't forget, use hashtag AskDBC on Twitter. We will keep picking the best ones. This first one is from Matt. Knowing they can't change the grandstands and structures surrounding the track, how would you reconfigure Texas Motor Speedway? I, you can't do a big, you know, there's never, you're not going to, I one thing I would, Scratch right off the list. Do not make it another Atlanta or try to make it another Atlanta. I don't think anybody wants that driver-wise. I don't want to spot another race like that. Um, you're not making it a short track because that would require tearing pretty much the whole facility down. I, I think your best bet is just trying to go back to either the old configuration where we could kind of run all over the place or it's going to be a mile and a half. It's going to be a trial of a mile and a half. I would love to see another true oval kind of like Homestead, but it's not going to happen just because of the way that this guy's point. The grandstands and the walls are laid out. It's just not possible. That's literally my question on top of mind is why can't we make one and two like one and two at Homestead? Yeah, and it's just like the, the, the problem is – and it, it, you know, Homestead's a different animal because it's a true oval versus a tri-oval or, a, you know, whatever you want to call that cookie cutter intermediate deal. Um, you know, I, I, that's, I'm sure that is, lends itself to making Homestead what it is because we see the similar at um, California, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think you just go back to closer to what the original, you know, that we, we repaved it and re, we, we need to repave it because it wouldn't dry. That was the biggest thing. Like, there wasn't – I don't remember the racing being awful it wasn't, there. It wasn't awful. Um, you know, we we had to repave it because the one week we were there till Wednesday because yeah. the tractors wouldn't dry. Um, so, Even when it stopped raining, it wouldn't dry. <laughs> yeah. So that was the main reason they redid it, and then they just thought they had a better idea, and it obviously didn't work. One and two is awful. It's probably the worst corner in the sport. Um, so – you know, they. I think you just go back to to what we had before, or something similar to what we had before, and and just let it rip. Yeah, I would all. I would take being there for an extra day to have the old track back. Honestly, I know it was hard to drive, but the racing when they did race on it, it was all over the track, top, bottom, and you had guys that could. It was like it was like a Homestead or a or a Charlotte. You had guys that could run the fence, and they would figure it out. McMurray was always one of the first up there in turn one. Um, Dell Jr., Carl, all them guys, man. I think, I think Jamie was the first one up there after the repave too, wasn't he? Like, wasn't yeah, he, he was the first, the first one? one. He was first one that <laughs> went into turn one and forgot to turn. He was. Yeah, it was. It was scary looking. I think he tried to turn. He didn't forget to turn. He tried. There was no. There was well, nothing to turn on. It's so weird looking. Like even when you run it on I racing, you go on I racing, you're like, Doo -doo -doo. whoa, there's the bottom over there, and you're like, okay, that's exactly how they look when they run it. 
That's crazy. Now, if they're potentially looking at moving this race to spring, would the weather being cooler impact or help the racing I, it, at all? It can, well, the racing side of it might hurt a little bit. It'll help the fan side of it for sure, I think. It's going to hurt the racing it's, a little The racing bit, will suffer a little bit, yep. Yep. Um, especially as is, the track as is. You know, it's just it will have more grip and, and be faster through the corners. I just don't – I didn't see a lot of guys slip yesterday because of – because of just the oh. heat, I saw the only time they slipped was if they jumped the the Got invisible it. cushion. Yeah, you know. So I don't. If it's cooler, they're just going to go faster and beyond yeah. that beyond that edge more, which could create it. You know, I think it, the Xfinity race now that could be that, that could be interesting. That Xfinity race. Holy! I cow. knew that was coming. Somebody said to me something about oh, we were going to go somewhere watch the Notre Dame game. And I was like, we're going to be here still. We went to an like, Xfinity race. Like we're <laughs> Dude, we went to an Xfinity race, and an ARCA race broke out. It was, <laughs> it was, it was brutal. I knew it we, was. we were talking about it, but I was still, Herm stands next to me, and I was looking at Herm, and I was like, man, this is going to – I think this has got potential to be a bit of a show. And he's like, uh-huh. yeah, I agree. And then, like I said, lap one, the one's in the fence off of two, the 98's in the fence off of four, and you're like, oh, God, here we go. And it was just all day, people in the back spinning out or whatnot. It was, it was a bit of a disaster. Moving on to question number two, how can we get the cup cars to race at Martinsville like those <laughs> late models did on Saturday? And this one is from Mike. Yeah, I saw that replay of the finish, which was a phenomenal finish. And uh, Phenomenal. It was, uh, I still think, watching them late models, man, they're flying around there. Like, they're in the throttle a lot. I didn't see what the lap times were. Actually, I did see it, but I can't remember what it was. It was like a 19-second lap, I think, 19... 19- Maybe 50 or 60 I was the pole. Time. Um, yeah, phenom- phenomenal, marvelous. Put the rain tires on the cup cars. Let finish them race. <laughs> to that thing. Uh, listen, we know what the issue is in Martinsville. It's, it's the shifting. It's the tires. Um, the car. It's just a, a giant bad package right now. Um, but if, like you said, great finish to that race. Huffman probably could have easily gotten in line and put the bumper to him and moved him, but didn't race, try to race him on the outside, raced fairly clean. And, and Zero idea uh, why that happened like that. <laughs> and lost. What an idiot. What an idiot. He should have just lifted and got himself a clock. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to wreck the guy. <laughs> just a little bump and run. I've been there. It gone. can be done. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. You're never. Your last miles. name is Huffman. <laughs> You're not supposed to. You don't drive with a glass bumper. <laughs> the second question on my cheat is from Tim, and it says, is there anything Weird. NASCAR can do to get you guys some Shade. And we talked about. Well, we already covered. Are you got short term memory loss no, today? Tim is our friend. We, Tim, there are, mm. th- are things we can do. Oh, Tim, yes, Tim, we appreciate you. There is some things we can do, aside from the fans that the imaginary fans are there to give us. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, there's always something you can do. And some tracks, how cheap could you do it? I have no idea. Four by fours yeah. and a tarp. No, I, I mean well, I think there's more to it than what you, what you're thinking. But uh, could, could it be done? I mean, I've seen crazier things done than that but yeah you can you, you can't do it for under five grand i don't know i think the if you put something up there it has it's gonna have to be something like those things they put at the parks those rectangular things for shade that's but exactly you have right. to you have to they have to be anchored, bolted, down. anchored down to something that's bolted to the roof yep. which everything on the roof is anchored down has to be anchored down yeah and they could put them up for the weekend and take them down i don't think those you can't put an easy up up there that's not happening well they said you guys could bring whatever you needed to do your job i'm not yeah the wind was bad i mean the wind was bad enough there it would have probably think, landed at the airport you don't think you don't think a 20 by 20 easy <laughs> up tent would have worked i think it would have worked till it wasn't there 
I just so. I can't stress enough, and I'm I, I don't care if you hate the fact that we're bitching that it's hot up there, but um, I cannot stress, and you don't even realize it. Like it's it's so hot, you kind of get used yeah, to it. You You're, don't even. You don't but even then, think when about Tab it. brought that umbrella out for mm-hmm. five seconds and just put it over us, my I was favorite, like, oh my god. My favorite used to be when I would watch sweat drip off the front of my hat. Yeah. Like, well, oh, I yeah. Guess, I guess my hat is saturated at this point. You know what? I I still want to put sunblock on. You put it on your face. I stopped putting it on my forehead. And I got a big forehead if I don't wear a hat. But what I, it would sweat and go down across your eyes. And then if you don't, like, it's your eyes are yeah. stinging. And I kept going and getting a. Um, they call it we have a five head, not a four head. Yeah, that's what Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Peyton Manning joke. Um, I kept going and getting a. This this towel that I had that can go all the way over your head and down across your shoulders, and I would go to my cooler and just dip it in. Yeah, there. we'll tell you, Bodie's cooling towels now, now that he's yeah, coming up back from Mono. Those things are phenomenal. Yeah, keeps your like Can't I feel like phenomenal. I'm keeping marvelous. my head cool. Yeah, they're Terrific. marvelous. Yeah, well, super miraculous. Miraculous. Yes. Well, we originally cut that from Tim because they'd already complained about it. But we want to complain again. Yes, <laughs> by all means. Thank you, Tim, for submitting that question. Uh, the next one is. From Jim, what are Freddie's thoughts on Updog? This is a, I'm assuming this is an Andrew question. <laughs> what is Updog? <laughs> I don't even know what what's, you're talking about. What's Updog? <laughs> yes. What's Updog? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you, could, you know what Updog is? <laughs> what was the, you saw it, I think I know what? you saw it, uh, Josh Allen. What's the name of that restaurant? Oh, Room 40? Uh, 40 room 40. Room 40? <laughs> You, you ever, ever seen that, that Andrew? You ever been to that place, yeah. Room Forty? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know it, Brandon? I'm afraid. To, I'm afraid to see. You know, you well, there's a new, yeah, there's a new restaurant. You know, you ever uh, wing nuts? The, where you go, you know, the what? wing place. You ever hear of them? In it's Buffalo. where you can go it's get wing. Buffalo. No, they're all that's that's the chain oh, all it? over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them. It's is like it? wing nuts or wings to go, kinda. Okay. Now, have you ever you ever heard of Room Forty? I'm just skeptical. Yeah, everything of answering. you will figure say. it out. What's okay? What's the name of the restaurant? Wing Forty, Room Forty, Room Forty, Room for these nuts in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we have twelve-year-olds on our show. <laughs> oh, room! If you're twelve, you should not be listening. <laughs> room Four D, not Four T. I'm not. I gotta say this. I watched this video, and I know it's from a while ago on the Pat McAfee show. McAfee? Yeah, McAfee. 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 Been sitting next to Brett too long. That and, was uh, pretty far off. So this kid calls in. He's like, oh, yeah, you're oh, such I a role that. model. And the, he's like, no, no, no. And at the end of the, what's he say at the he's end? Like, he's like, Boston or some yeah, the, the other guy on the show, you know what I'm talking about? What's his name? There's, it's, I, I don't know any other guys on that show. So either. I think it's one of the guys on the show, and he's like, F this guy. And they're all like, yeah. Like, dude, it's, you ever seen it? Uh-oh. It's uh, I'll show it to you. That video you sent me is pretty good. You Go gotta, did you hear it? Can you hear it? No, but I just saw oh, it. I mean, all, you gotta do waved. Is, all you got to do is hear it. <laughs> he does. The driver does exactly what the spotter tells him. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that looked like a right. driver uh, does exactly what the spotter tells him. Um, what do we got here? What an idiot? What an yes. Idiot. What an idiot, man. <laughs> Landon Offman, I mean, sorry. <laughs> I would it is coming from that that event. Um, Had a feeling. Donor? These, these idiots. <laughs> these idiots. <laughs> and these one of them, idiots. I have a hard time calling because I like Chad Bryant, but um, they got into it. I don't know who the other guys were. Uh, Tate Magnum, Magnum Tate, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was that. I saw um, that. 
And whatever. You guys want to fight, fight. You look like idiots when you fight, but it is what it is. I've been in fights. It happens. Um, but here's where you're an idiot. You just, the, the next heat race is lined up getting ready to go out, and you guys decide to fight on the hood of this guy's car destroy and destroy hood. this guy's front end while he's getting ready to go out for a race. The I blue mean, car. The purple car. It, purple was, car. it was the 42, which I don't know if he was any good. I don't know who it was. Uh, he did not make the race. You know, so his I know right that front fender and his right killed. front fender and his hood are buckled in and f- killed because these guys are wrestling around, laying on it. Um, you know, just I don't know. I saw the wreck and it was a it was a dumb looking wreck and and I just that of that event. I seen some people complaining about the guy that runs that event and that event seems to me like it turns into a bit of a show every year and and maybe it is time to to make a change there um because even when i was going with i went with bubba a couple i don't know i say a couple years ago it's probably 10 years ago now um you know it was it was a joke then and it's kind of always been a joke there's always guys wrecking the hell out of each other or jumping restarts or whatever it is like you would think one of the most prestigious lay model races races in the country there's just no respect yeah like you just turn each other well there's no respect because nothing happens i don't think yeah. you know these guys wreck each other and then they they get away with it's kind of like we talk about bowman gray you see this stupid stuff at bowman gray because oh, nobody does so anything bad. about it yeah. so i mean these guys how like I, listen i said like i said uh, connor hall is a, is a very talented race car driver won the national the national championship this year um you see these guys fighting after this heat race why are they in the race like i would have told all of them pack your and get out like you're in here having this big melee you wreck this guy's car like both you teams can pack your and leave like i don't need you here the rest of the day i've got 88 cars lined up trying to get yeah. in this race even when i ran that race back then it like going there i was nervous because i was told hey if you're not if you don't transfer into qualifying you're probably just going to get wrecked and i've qualified 27th which is seven spots short of making the show and just planned on not making the race luckily i transferred in and uh it didn't get wrecked, but man, it's they're they're called the hooligan race. This is what they've when I went there. Oh, you got to run a hooligan race. What? Oh yeah, you're well, probably getting wrecked. Yeah, and that's the thing I don't like. Like they they recently changed the format. I think because it used to be they would lock I think X amount in from qualifying, and then they would have these races to fill the field out. Well, now everybody runs a heat. So like if you know Huffman was really good the other day, he sat on the outside pole. But if somebody goes into turn one and wipes him out, like. You're out. Like you, no matter how fast yeah. you are, you be you're, a little bit over half the field was locked in. Yeah, I thought. Qualify. I thought it was like twenty, and then they put twenty in from yeah. the from the last chance races. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is if it's if it's the people running the show over there or what. But they they've got to they've got to do something to be a little better. You got an idiot. Yeah, Landon, what an idiot. Had to race one. It was right in front of you. I'm not going to say mine, but she shouldn't have tweeted what she tweeted or posted what she posted. That's all I'm going to say about it. Oh, Damn it, Casey. What would you say now? I, <laughs> uh, Brandon, were you there, Brandon? Yeah. yeah. So Brandon Brown here. So I don't know. I don't, we, 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 he's a general manager of racetrack, but we still somehow got him here on a Monday morning every week. Uh, but uh, he said, a lot, and to, to, that, to back up that point about the heat races, like all the stuff was going on around those transfer spots. You know, like that, the future. Always is. The fe- yeah, but that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like lock these guys in, which I guess it wouldn't matter if the same thing would happen. But like it, you got to figure out a way to clean this up because it, it is a, a amazing event, but it, it just Keep always integrity turns. integrity Yeah, it always turns into a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you look at the last 25 laps, they had a comp caution at 25. And those last 25 laps were, they were beaten, they were banging, but they, it was some of the best racing, if you go back and watch it, uh, that I think I've yeah. seen in my entire life. And there's ways to do it. Like I was talking with this about Tommy Baldwin, uh, you know, uh, talking about this with Tommy. Um, the modified guys, Doug Kobe, Ronnie Silk, Justin Bonsignor, race each other. 
Like they're tr- they hate each other's guts. But what they don't do is crash. Like whatever it is, they they ran, run each other over. Wreck, you know, they had a Justin and Silky just had a big battle at Riverhead where they're beating and banging the hell out of each other back and forth, swapping the lead, and they finish first and second or first and third because they they know that there's a line you can go to without crossing and wrecking your stuff. And these guys, the wreck I saw with Connor Hall, I don't know who the, whatever the other kid's name was. Was it Magnum Tate? Is that his name? Ma- Magnum Tate climbed up on him. Yeah, like he jumped over him. Like uh, he was trying to pull out a line. You know, we've seen Martinsville restarts a thousand times. He gets a good run, so he's going to take him three wide and a one. Well, I think Connor comes down a block a little bit. He jumps over his le- uh, left rear. Has damage, so what does he do when he gets turn one? Just hangs dead right and wrecks, you know, whoever. He wrecks Connor and whoever was behind Connor, and that's where the, the fight comes in. But, I mean, like, I get it. Like, you're mad, but now, like, the, it just goes too far, and it just it ruins a really good event. You dive three wide into the corner of Martinsville. Most of the time, the guy on the outside gets turned because when you get to their corner. You're hitting a curb. Well, it the, like it's kind of like uh, the track goes back to the right some from the inside because the, you got the wall on here, then the curb comes back some. Yeah. So you got to go back to the right to make the corner, and that's where the usually the wrecks happen. But, yeah, there's just no respect. I mean, you got to – if you're fifth and they're taking four in the last lap, the, that guy always wrecks the fourth place guy. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't that's, you? Why, yeah, why wouldn't you? You're nothing in. happens. Nothing ha- you know, it seems like nothing yeah. ever gets done about it. TJ, for, for Landon, what, you know, in your opinion, what do you think he should have done there? Uh, let him clear. You let the guy clear him off of two. Let the let the guy clear him, and I think Landon's uh, I think Landon's a good enough race car driver to get on the corner and not wreck him and race across the line. Really similar to what we saw in 2018. Martin Truex clears Joey Logano. Joey Logano goes on the corner and bumps him, and they race side by side across the line. The lap before that, and I don't remember who the guy was he was racing with. Trevor, or, Trevor yeah, Ward. he got one. So that guy ran him up off a of four in my opinion and that's why i landed on the front stretch hung a hard left and they were like dooring into one at that point like i the gloves are kind of off at that point so you know contact's okay so i don't know why you'd want to be on the outside of three and four at worst you know i don't know why you want to be uh, to me i'm letting him clear me and i'm going to go around the corner and i'm going to hit him just hard enough to get him up off the bottom i'm going to use him up on the exit once i get position on him and i'm going to try to win the race at worst you finish side by side, he beats you by a nose or something still. But I think Landon, you know, was good enough. And I know in his interview, he said something like, he's glad he raced that way. Well, down the front stretch, you're hanging a left into the guy. What's what bumping three and four going to do? You know what I mean? You don't have to wreck the guy. But I don't know. It's But it's good to see Landon. He's been strong in that car a lot this year. And it's good uh, good to see him doing that and and uh, making progress there. So great race at the end, though. I mean, that's what you want to see at Martinsville anyway is two guys, and I am glad they didn't wreck each other. You know, a car didn't get destroyed for a win. So it was cool to go back and see a replay of it. I think that was happening while we were racing still. So great, great finish. You're an idiot still, Landon. Who won this week? Oh, you did. I didn't. No. No, Brett Brett won. I I was trying to win. Same. Casey, we're coming for you. Casey has one more race. Uh, actually, Freddie, that's you. If you don't, if I win, I'm out. You're out. And obviously, I was gonna win this week until you wrecked him. Yeah, well, I should get a. Have? I should get a point because you wrecked Larson. <laughs> oh, we're not. We're not going. <laughs> that sounds like something I Casey would say. TJ, who are you picking for Talladega? Damn, what a weekend. Um, Anything can happen. Yep. No kidding. I mean, I can look at this list here and. Listen, some somebody 
in a Rick Ware car or BJ McLeod or somebody that we do not even know is in the race this weekend is going to finish yeah. top ten. They do it every time. Man, I am. Uh, I don't want to jinx myself, so I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. I will. What do you mean you don't want to jinx yourself? You want to pick yourself, but I you do. don't want to jinx yourself. Yep. Well, okay. then I'll pick you. I'll All take right. Kozlowski. Well, that's the first time he's heard that in years. <laughs> that's what I was going to pick. Oh, thanks, for, thanks for the respect. I will take. <laughs> damn, I don't know who I want to take now. I'll take Joey Logano. Aggressive. I'll right. take a guy who used to suck at play tracks, and for whatever reason, uh, since he got to RCR, he's been pretty fast, and he's got to turn it around. He's almost in a must-win. Kyle Busch. He could have won two or three plate races so far this year, and he's won one. This could be a great weekend. I thought you would take Busher. Nah, save him. Save him. <laughs> Well, I think Kyle Busch has got to win, and I think damn he, he it, had, I wanted to take Busher, but I, th- I was looking at f-ing Casey's list, and she already picked him. He and Derek have had some success <laughs> together, so we'll Locked see. What, listen, all of our picks are just, I mean, they're shot. You have shot. no, I mean, we it's, have no idea. It's a shot, shot in the dark. dark. Um, yeah. On that note, with where Bubba is in points, Freddie, what's your strategy heading into? Win both stages, win the race. <laughs> Obviously, but knowing the big one could happen at any time where – Where's your head at? Win both stages, win the race. Oh, you guys are. I'm not. I'm, my so, goal is to lead every lap of the race. So hanging in the back won't really do anything. No. There's no. There's no hanging in the back this week for us. Win you, both stages, win the race. I tell you, man. I, I listen. <laughs> I, even Denny Hamlin isn't safe with these two races coming up. He's plus thirty-seven to the good, but given that there are. Ultimately, four stages to pay points and two end of races to pay points. That is six opportunities to win points. If he were to have a problem in stage one here and next week at the Roval, he's in deep dookie. He's two feet from being out. He is. Like hitting that right, hitting the hit, right rear tire hit, and breaking hit, that toe link. He's yeah. two feet from being out right here. What about, what so. about Larson where he's right now eighth? Listen, two there's, in. there's two guys that I'm concerned about here. Maybe even three. You know, Larson Larson's always seems to find a crash at a plate race. Not that he's – I don't think he's bad at plate racing. It just seems like he's always ends up in a wreck. Truex struggles at plate racing. Like, I don't think he's, – he's never won a plate race, right? Not that I remember. Um, Not cup. I mean, he's gotten some stage points in the last few years with us because we all kind of work together. Um, but, you know, if you end up wrecked here, that's a, that's a bad deal. And, you know um, – Ross is another one who's really aggressive, ends up in danger spots sometimes. Reddick, another one, um, struggles sometimes. Not, I don't think I don't want to say he struggles at plate racing, but another one that kind of ends up something bad happens right in front like, of him. Like there, this is the only track we would go to that I would ever say this. The bottom four, after one race in round two, could potentially be in the top eight next week. Yeah, easily. All four of them could could all of a sudden be flipped in, in the top eight. Four guys in the top eight could be looking out. This This week determines our playoffs, I think. You know what I mean? Because we need to get we, – if we wreck here, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. A you lot know what of I mean? We have to go to Robo and win. Oh, you're um, – so, any of us wreck here. You know, so, <clears throat> you know, it, it, this well, determines – we got to get – If all these cars are in the wreck, we might be okay. <laughs> yeah. knowing, knowing that even the Roval is unpredictable, do you think that this playoff segment – or this round is the most difficult of all. I think rounds. this is the the biggest wild card round for sure because I think if I think all of us this all twelve of these guys look and say, 
if we can survive Talladega, survive the Roval, we're really good at these racetracks. You know, you look at take Tyler, for example. Tyler's, you know, plate history, not that great. Really good road course racer. If he can get to the next round and look at Vegas and Homestead, I mean, he's f- unbelievable at Homestead. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that sets him up for a final four run. There's guy Kyle Busch, same way. All these guys are looking at, if I could just get through this round, I'm really good. You got three really good racetracks coming up, and that's for some of these guys that if if I'm I agree with everything you said. If I'm Danny Hamlin and Martin Truex, my goal is get as many points as I can get in stage one. Stage two, I'm gonna get the hell out of there. Because if they wreck, you don't have to get in it. And then you know you're gonna have a top eighteen, top sixteen finish. Yeah. You your your goal is get as many as you can in stage one, chill out, be smart stage two. Don't put yourself if it looks bad, get out, right? That's kinda what we did at Daytona, you know, when when we we were 32 to the good or something like that. Um, you know, and we were racing the 54, and it was like, go up there and try to get stage points. And we lost a little bit of track position. Like, All right, get the hell out of here now because, like, we can lose 32 points in this rimless wreck. Yeah. And it turned out the, the 54 was the one that wrecked, so then we were good, and then we just had to protect against a new winner. And it changes during the race, like yeah. you said. I mean, if you have a big wreck stage one, you're like, oh, we got rid of a bunch of guys. We're going to race hard stage two. But just looking, you know, outside in, I, I would say if I were those two guys, and I guess Christopher Bell too, like do your Toyota thing, go get your points, race hard stage one. But if you don't get any in stage one, TJ, then you got to race hard stage two to get them. You're going to have to get points on one of these stages. Yeah, you got to. I, I mean, for us, I, I, I'd like just to find Busher, uh, work with him as hard as we could, try to get out front, pull the pack. I know our cars work well with each other. They can push good with each other and – would like to do that and try to control the race i'd like nine or ten stage points into the first stage which would boost us up quite a bit and um i think that sets the tone for the rest then of the you race. just got to finish yeah if I mean, you finish you're gonna run a top 15 i want more stage points the second stage too though because i want to i think if we can get a lot in the first one we're creeping up to you know the next tier yeah and then if we can get more in the second stage then i think i would I would be pretty happy coming out of there with a with you know first or second both the stages and then even if you wreck at the end, you've had a pretty good day. I'll never forget the first year we did stages, uh, Xfinity race. Elliot one stage one, Elliot one stage two, and then stage three we got wrecked. Yeah, and then the next day, good. The, the next day, Tony Stewart was not racing anymore. He had retired, so we're at Stewart Haas with Clint, and Tony keys up the radio and he goes, "Hey Clint, I just want to remind you of something, Elliot Sadler." One stage one, one stage two, did not finish the race and scored the most points of anybody in the entire field. And then you're like, wow. So to mm-hmm. your point, if you can go have two amazing stages, you can afford not yep. to finish. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. That makes me less Will Will they the race end. hard or will they chill out? That is the next question because Both. we saw Daytona balls to the wall the whole race. Will, will they race hard? Or will they I think out? that's a different event, though. You got guys that if they win, they're still in. Everyone's you had, you still had rain, you had lightning. Everyone still has a chance at Daytona when you go to that race. Because if even the 24th place guy in points, if he wins that race, he's in. This is a different story. I don't think you'll see. Ricky Stenhouse wants two wins. He could care less about your playoff. You yeah, but he's that? not. Yes, but he's not going to. He's not going to. I don't think he'll be overly aggressive. I think he'll be, you know, he's going to be aggressive to get to the front. But I'll I don't, remind you of that on Monday. Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Either way, trucks are also not. there. No Xfinity this weekend. Xfinity's off. Trucks are there. Playoff race X, for them. Talk about Xfinity. There are some guys that have put themselves in some bad spots for Xfinity. Namely, oh, that could have TJ's been, guy. I, and, well, and, that would have been – I forgot about that. What an idiot. 
the the um, oh nineteen Xfinity car. I mean, that's three big wrecks this year that you've that you've caused. So maybe maybe pull the reins a little bit. When was that you? Was that with you? Is he chasing yeah, it up into got, you? Yeah, it got loose and come up and cleaned us out. Like you got guys that race all year for start of the playoffs. You shouldn't be a part time guy that you know has a lot, as much experience as you do coming in and making those mistakes. Yeah, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, like yeah. I get it, you're in a fast car, but there's a that car has a limit too, and that's three big wrecks this year. Which car are we talking about? The 19, which is Trevor Bain. Yeah, Trevor Bain, not a full time driver. No, that's three wrecks that he's caused this year. He caused one at Atlanta, Daytona, and now Texas. So pull the damn reins. What a job, by the way, in that wreck, uh, Parker Kligerman. Like, I don't know, a Klingerman, whatever you want to Klingerman. call it. Klingerman. Oh, it's a G? Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's Klingerman for me and Dale Jr., but well, that's y'all's Klingerman. <laughs> when they did that closed caption and there was Klingerman on the T, I was dying laughing. <laughs> um, but uh, We've been trying to tell y'all there's an end in this name for years. <laughs> the the job he did avoiding that wreck, and, and now where's he at? And he's, one out. He's one out versus where he would have been behind you. Didn't you know, he would have been 30 out, must win yeah. Roval. And now you, you talk about, I mean – he, we talked about this leading into wherever – where was their last race at? Was it – Bristol? Uh, no, the Kansas. When we were talking about he can't go there and just outrun the 98 oh. on pure speed. He oh, had to yeah. do something different. When yeah. we get to the Roval, that's where their guy's at next, he can outrun Daniel Hemrick by one spot there. Like that's a, that's a he's, a he's a really he good road course racer. If he doesn't make any mental yeah, mistakes. Yeah, no, he's got he's to have a clean Texas day. Texas was a mental mistake on his part. Oh, yeah, at the and end. And he even said in his interview, on I think part? On, on Parker's. Parker's, at the end. He says in his interview that he was it was the right move to make. Well, I don't think so that it was the right move. You were better than the seven. You just needed to line it up right. You saw an opening, and you overdid it. You know, I think if he – yeah, you took the first opportunity instead yes, of setting he, it up. Yes, and it wasn't the right move. I mean, you you lost you lost it and went up and hit him. Like that's not the right move. There was going to be more opportunity. You were be- you had better tires than him. And I think Parker had he he has enough awareness and enough speed to regroup right there and get inside of him and pull him back on a straightaway at some point. If Parker can stay inside of him on one exit of the corner, He's going to beat him into the next oh, one, yeah, and that's sure. all we needed to do. He right. he went for it too early, but yeah, I don't Tr- truck playoffs this weekend. Corey Himes locked in around two. Of yeah, theirs. I think the 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 battle there is going to be Endfinger versus Zane. The top three have been the fastest three car or trucks all year. Corey Eckes Majeski's down there. They had an issue at Bristol. Who knows what kind of speed they're going to have after that little penalty they got. Um, but yeah, I think that and Zane has kind of been uh, like he's been on and off this year. Not yeah. not as fast as he has been in years past. You don't know he's had a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, just announced his his cup deal, so or his deal with Trackhouse, whatever you want to call that. So I don't know if that's been a little bit of a distraction. But I think that'll be a good battle the next two weeks is Endfinger versus Zane for that last. They run. will have a massive wreck in this race, and it will <laughs> take think? out playoff drivers. Well, you're going on a limb there. Yeah, I just think that <laughs> they will have a massive wreck. I got a. I'm. I'm Glad this will be the best race of the weekend. Too, I'm glad I'm I'm doing this race, but my guy is just this is his third race ever in the truck. So we're just who you gonna, got Jake Drew? Yeah, just gonna take it easy, learn how to race the other line for a while, let them wreck, and hopefully when they do, we miss it and we can yeah. come out of there with I a think, top ten. I think I'm gonna have a familiar driver this week in the truck race. Yeah, maybe with a shot to win. Oh, oh, yeah, foreshadowing or what? Do you maybe. share? Maybe. Babe Ruth in it right now. Maybe yeah. What, what's the initials? Give me some initials or something. Ah. CS. Yes. 
Well, before. Is that Cialis? What? What? Yeah. Oh, seriously. Here we go again. No, I'm just kidding. Before, before we close out the show, I Freddie's just there goes the big wreck. Freddie's guy. Yep. Before we close out the show, I completely forgot to mention Y Miller uh, with a P2 on Friday night, and Dale actually stopped by the dirt track at Texas to watch his nephew run. Um, it was so cool seeing Dale. Like he was working on tires, asking a ton of questions. And I know that the Dirty Mo Media team heads to Lernerville tomorrow, Tuesday, yep. um, for the High Limit race. And Dale was so curious to learn more about dirt racing. He had never been to a sprint car race. So if you guys have any pointers, feedback, thoughts, send them to Dale, send them to us. We'll let them know. He, he is in for a treat for sure. We'll share his phone number. You can call him. Yeah, you can call him. <laughs> hey, re- really cool too. Um, <laughs> awesome is. insight last week by Justin Haley and Dell Jr. on the Dell Jr. Download about what ages they think kids should start racing. Definitely, if you're a diehard fan, it's worth a listen. Obviously, they talked about a lot of different things, but I personally enjoyed uh, having started going to the racetrack at four years old until I rolled out. Now, that insight where they're basically saying, here's the perfect age. To start racing. Yeah, and I, I I agreed with them because, you know, it, like it, we've seen with Bodie playing baseball. It's yeah. the same thing. Like, yeah. it's great that he's getting experience and playing baseball at five years old. Right. He's not going to grasp how to turn a double play until he's 10. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's right. a, there's yeah. things that we can teach him, but it's not going to hit home until he gets a little bit older. Great insight I, by those really guys. Good. I was yeah. probably similar to Brett. The I grew up at Lernerville, actually, where they're getting ready to go tomorrow, like, my dad raced there every Friday, and literally I had the same little dirt track in the dirt right there by the flag stand that my Hot Wheels went to every yeah. week. And yeah. then the big wheel races on the front stretch, I got two little fire suits hanging in my garage that that I used to – I wouldn't race it unless I did. And it was just a Halloween costume when they they sewed patches on it. But I've, I've got a box full of big wheel and bicycle trophies. But that track is where I – Grew up, so Lernerville has always been one of my favorite dirt tracks, and it will put on a phenomenal show there. I yeah. used to wreck the hell out of John on a big wheel race out in front of our house. I'm talking destroy him, yeah, flip him over. You could. That hook, explains a lot of what big wrong wheels with are John. a lot easy to hook each other. Yeah, with. you could so, hook the hell out of him. Yeah, that rear tire, you can get a hold of it and turn it. But yeah. we will have plenty to talk about next week. Thank for y'all for listening, sure. Casey. Thanks but, for only being a couple minutes late today, too. By the way, uh, Charlotte weekend, y'all are going to be on stage from 6 to 7 in the fan zone, fan zone stage. Casey, that is 6 sharp. 7th. Well, luckily, I will be there. 5.45. We're going to be on stage at 5.45. I will be there earlier for the Infinity Race. So if this isn't a sign to get your tickets to Charlotte, I don't know what is. I just hope that that host of our fans there for Brett again. Yeah. He I don't think he'll be as if loud. If you're this listening, time. host of our fan, please Can I get up. the invite? Can we request beer? Yes, you are invited. Am, am, I, the, where, am I the new bar? Hey, I will, I'll tell you what, I'll bring, you a, me to get I'll bring a bag of picks and throw you one in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll hand you a pick for a beer. Hey, I will say though, <laughs> hashtag fanboy. Oh, where's, where's bartender Ben? Like, hey, that's who, Andrew, Andrew, you want to be bartender is, Andrew? I can be bartender. This Andrew is a great opportunity. Andrew. The guys may need some water while they're bartender. on stage, water. so <laughs> you you could. <laughs> this could be your shot. I may need a ride home after. I don't need water. <laughs> see y'all next week. We out. Have Bye. a great week. Well, see ya. Go Bills.
Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.